talk about Demolition Man, right? Uh, sure. At the time of us recording this, it, it has just turned 30 years old. So yes, folks, it came out wow. October the 8th of 993. Um, 993 wow. was a pretty interesting year, though, because um, not only did we get Jurassic Park and, um, you know, uh, Schindler's List, but we also got this mm-hmm. film, and we also got Last Action Hero. So, yeah, right. it, was, it was a pretty interesting oh, year. Oh, wow. Hero. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This also, uh, Last Action Hero also came out in 93, right? And, and Cliffhanger, I think. Yes, yes, uh, yes you're right, you're right. Wow. Yeah. Oh, shit. So, yeah, those are interesting. No, this this was the height of Stallone's powers in a sense, you know. Like, agreed. Rambo, Rambo kind of done, and it's time for him to start, you know, leveraging himself in some interesting species, uh, in my opinion. And Cliffhanger mm. is not all that great. But agreed. it was a really cool <laughs> concept, in my humble opinion. Like, it was like, all right, you're doing the diehard, right. a cliff jumper type guy kind of thing, something. And I remember this having, right. like, it had a lot of cool shots, something in it. So it's like, oh, okay. Um, oh, yeah. uh, when did um when did daylight come out? Uh, ninety six, I think. Oh, ni- okay, that was a little. Yes. Right, no but yeah, yeah but but we really should talk. But you know, in our individual the, um thoughts on the film, uh, we really should bring up mm. just how big of a deal, like just how the action hero um evolved. You know, during the early nineties, right? Um, you know, it, so yes. you know there was Bruce Willis, of course. Of, um, there was Arnold Schwarzenegger, of course, and you know. Terminator 2, mm-hmm. Judgment Day, i.e. the best action film of all time, in my opinion. But, mm-hmm. you know, films like that really pushed, you know, um, well, Stallone and Schwarzenegger and Willis, you know what I mean, at the absolute top, right? Uh, Seagal was there and Van Damme were there, but they were more, you know, they, they, they were more B-tier. They were I used more to watch Seagal. Right, so yeah, I, I, yeah, yeah, for me, yeah, yeah, Sagal is the worst by far. Now, my question easily, like, just the slowest, the, the, the clumsiest. I, I know people like um, uh, Under Siege, but yeah, still, uh, yeah, no. was, was mine in his, in his entire body of work. He has five action movies that are serviceable, that's right. it, like, right, nothing, five. <laughs> and for me, I kind of like Van Damme, kind of, but again, he was more. Did we need the cell of him? Oh, he could do a split. It's, All right, and then let's figure out how to, 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 to put a split in the movies, and he could he could kick kick people in the face. All right, not bad. It depends, uh, it, it, I've never really it sat down too much Van Damme. Right. So um, I, I like Time Cop. Point was. I, I like I like Time Cop. I actually recommend one that kind of reminds me of this because I I put it in a similar category of the action star crossover movies. Right. Um, Universal Soldier. Right, yeah, the first one. Early, yeah. I actually, yeah. That's a good Van Damme. It's also a good yeah. Lundgren, because yeah. yeah. Lundgren gets first, to play yeah. a villain that, in that one. Right, then um, then I, I remember enjoying his, his, well, his stuff like Bloodsport, which come out a little earlier, but then I, I remember enjoying the quest, which was kind of Bloodsport all over again. But yeah, still, but, but that's oh, PG-13. Really? Yeah, right, yeah. exactly. But, you know, stuff <laughs> like and, that. and Roger Moore's but, in it, because, I don't know, right. why, but he was there. Well, yeah. But yeah, so yeah. I don't know. The, the the 90s action genre is an interesting transition period it's because so it's weird. until it I don't know when it started, but sometime 97. This is when Jackie came across and the martial arts stuff coming started to come across and the Hong Kong stuff started to come across and it started to bleed in a little we, bit. And we actually have a couple. We actually have a couple Hong Kong filmmakers actually making American movies like Tsui Han, right, um, right. John Woo, and a couple others. Yeah, and so it's, a, it's an interesting, weird period. But yeah, uh, this movie was so strange as a product. Um, so a couple things that I don't know if this rumor is true, but did Stallone trick? Um, no, sorry, did did Schwarzenegger trick Stallone in making Stop on My Mom Will Shoot? Right. 
I've heard, uh, I, yeah, I well, because know, what uh, happened was, what I heard, I what I heard is that the, is that at one point the, the rivalry between Schwarzenegger and Stallone was so bad that Makes Schwarzenegger sense. would would kind of trick Stallone into making into making movies that he didn't want by spreading the rumor that he was interested in them. Right. So that Stallone would then try to race in and get them and then like Schwarzenegger would just like step back and laugh his right. ass off. Right. Which is right, why right. which is why um Stallone had kind of a rough late nineties into the two thousand. <laughs> right, right. Uh, but yeah, it, it's so it's so interesting to watch how like this project is like that way it is so unlike a Stallone movie. In terms of like, oh, this is it like is. more more comparable to something like again, I've I've compared this movie to Robocop and I don't think it's yeah. again, I don't think it's as good as the genius that is the first Robocop. But it's there. Mm-hmm. It's there. It's like it, yeah. it it doing it doing something right. Not as good as Robocop, but just there. It does it does a lot. I think it does a lot right. Um it's it tries a little too hard with it, with its you know stuff, um, especially when Dennis Miller comes through. Um, but you know, this movie is interesting. Like, wait, uh, De- Dennis Miller or Dennis Leary? Dennis Leary? Oh, sorry, yeah, Dennis Leary. Sorry, Larry, I confused Larry, you. Larry, yeah, Larry. Yeah, well, he yeah, has two two fast talking comedians. I confused my my snarky nineties fast talking comedians, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, yeah, 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 Dennis Leary. Yeah, thanks for that correction. Uh, but yeah, uh, you know, it is one of those things I just. You're, you're doing a lot of commentary. It does. It makes fun of, uh, you know, a lot of well modern social stuff. But then it it making fun of the, mm-hmm. the gentrification premise effectively. Um, that's yeah. the main thing. Um, because and then you yes. know, some people, some I've seen some people make the take, which I don't think is a, a particularly strong take. But I, I get why I might say this, which is oh well, it 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 predict woke culture or whatever it is. And like well, not really. I mean, I get where mm-hmm. you know, why you might say that. Yeah. Why I might say that, but uh, that's not how I see it. I right. just think it is a, a big critique of gentrification and just the idea of, mm-hmm. oh, right, we need to clean up these riffraff and, you know, mm-hmm. the old world is trash because it's the old world and, and I need my perfect vision of, you know, suburbia effectively and so on and so forth. Um, okay. And, yeah, it, it plays that conceit so well. Yeah, and the villain is pretty much that. He's straight up o- he's straight up OCP in one person, right? That's what he is. <laughs> that's how it feels. We, um, I Cocteau. can't wait for us to... I cannot wait for us to get to the part where we discuss Wesley yeah. Snipes in right. this movie. Uh, and then, because, yeah, and then we yeah. get, yeah, and then we get, we get all of that, 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 that whole, that whole plot, like the big plot involving Wesley Snipes, and you know oh, yeah. the, the sci-fi, the sci-fi chicanery of well, how come Wesley Snipes more powerful than he was, and they explain all of that. And yeah, I, I enjoy mm-hmm. this film for what it is. It's a movie that I, I, I give, I give a rewatch. I was like, yeah, you know, it's a lot smarter. Than I remember, and have all these little dumb jokes that. Mm-hmm. Becomes yeah. even more relevant now in we live in a post-COVID age. So like, oh shit, all of that in it. Like, you know, <laughs> they don't touch their hands anymore. Um yeah, there's yeah. a there's a funny bit with um, yeah, yeah. there's a funny bit with, with where Sandra Bullock talks about the first day was AIDS and then she just like list off a bunch of like diseases. Yeah. That even like, worse yeah, than AIDS. Yeah, yes. I think which is, is yeah. one which or something is, like that. Yeah. Right, 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 right. And all of those yeah, things. Like, like, the... Yeah, go ahead. No, it's not say the world, like, yeah, and it's this whole explanation for, like, and this is why we don't have, like, actual full contact right. sex anymore. Because right, all right. this other it, stuff, and yeah. it's like, yeah. Right. And it's, it's only the physical funnier. contact. Right, right. And it's all these little things, like, you know, the, the, the yeah, well, well, we could get into that. Uh, you listen to the oldies. Like, why does they listen to the oldies? That is a period that is long before anything that they know as entertainment. Uh, Bill Cobb is yes. in this. He's pretty good. Like, I like Bill Cobb. I always make the joke that when I talk into my younger cousins, I feel like Bill Cobb. In this movie, um, because <laughs> I, I think I think we were, we were talking about uh, I think we were talking about something. Oh, next year there's a documentary on Freaknik coming out. If you know what Freaknik is, 
black people, oh, yeah. black men my age, gonna totally feel like Bill Cobb because they're like, yeah, it was that, and it was fucking gross. Uh, but we, when we talked about um, when they did Woodstock '99. I was like, yeah, oh. that happened. Oh. That was a, like a fucking thing. It was weird, and so on, so on, so forth. <laughs> so yeah, I um, so far get two tickets in the two tickets for the for the, the swearing word thing, and I'm gonna get a few more because yeah, that is the future we live in now, right? <laughs> but yeah, I uh, I I. It's a movie that I really liked and appreciated for the sci-fi elements, but also the social commentary. Again, not as I don't think it's as as, as sharp as Robocop is, but I put it mm-hmm. almost as high as Robocop. And I think actually, ironically, the the person who pulls it down is Stallone. Like Stallone still had to be like an action star, oh. and I felt I felt if they got someone else, somebody who's similar to um oh god, what's his name? Buck Rubanza. I forget the actor name. Um, oh, Peter Weller. Peter Weller, right. I forget okay. if it got somebody like a Peter Weller or somebody who could have played like a kind of deadpan kind of thing. Because the simple fact is that Stol- Stallone has no comedy chops. And why I mentioned Stop Over My Mom Would Shoot, because I remember that movie being incredibly <laughs> unfunny. He has no comedy talent. He has no comedy talent whatsoever. Everybody else is good in this, right? Sandra Bullock is great in this. Um, Benjamin Bratt. He was the other guy. A young Benjamin. Yeah. Young Benjamin. Yeah, but he was a, a funny. He was funny. In this movie, Benjamin Bratt. Yeah. Yeah, he was funny in this. Wesley Snipes was really funny in this. <laughs> oh my god. Everybody else was everybody oh, was funny great. in this. Even 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 Stallone, who well Stallone did another movie with this guy. This is um what's his name from and he's a total right right wing weirdo now. Uh making copies. Yeah, Rob Schneider. Rob, Rob Schneider. Schneider. Even Rob Schneider's funny in this. Like everybody's great in this, but Stallone yes. is not Stallone is not funny in this and he doesn't even play a good straight man either. That's the big problem I have with well, it. Because he clearly trying to tell that... jokes. Well, I don't, know, um, I don't know if I agree with that last part because he's got a little bit of the. I was thinking about this because I recently rewatched um Kelly's Heroes, right? With with Clint okay. Eastwood and Donald Sutherland. And right. what I like about comparing the two is in both cases both stallone and eastwood are playing the like one stone-faced guy surrounded by like all these oddballs and i think stallone does have some genuinely funny moments where he's just he 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 reacting to this crazy world he's in and those are some of the funniest bits you know, it have a couple of okay moments. Like it's not bad like the stuff where like when he when he turns on the video com tv and there's a girl just completely nude it's like yeah. a funny bit, funny bit, like little stuff like that, or like um when he's when he said oh wrong um, number, right, <laughs> right, yeah, and then it had like was one moment where he told he tells I think he tells Benjamin Bracky you see any calls down here that's a funny bit, not bad, like that's like, just oh. slowly yeah right just, like, looks he, yeah he slowly realized what he said like right, but I don't know I find I find Stolen was by far the weakest link in all of this I felt he he wasn't that good of a straight man you know he was all right it have a couple of moments. I didn't think he was that good as that. He was, in, in my opinion, the mm-hmm. weakling. And I felt that they, they could have gotten somebody else. But whoever, he's a big name. He's the one to, to right. bring the attention to everybody and whoever it is. So that's well, about it. Yeah, go ahead. It's what, I, it's, what, yeah, it's what I was saying about, like, definitely he's the big name because um, this is that whole... And it goes back to what Matthew, what you were saying, what Matthew was saying about this being an interesting period in the history of the action movie and the action star. Because right. now we've had the 70s and the 80s to build up this idea of the action star. But now we're getting into the 90s. We're in the 90s. Everything is getting bigger and bigger and bigger and more stylized and more mm-hmm. over the top. And everything is huge. So now there's nothing to do with the action stars but have them cross over. So we had right. Universal Soldier with Dolph Lundgren, Jean-Claude Van Damme. We had my... One of my favorite movies ever, um, Tango and Cash with right. uh-huh. Kurt right. Russell, yeah. yes. Sylvester Stallone. Yes. Right. Um, yes. You had you had like like um, like you have all these different. I know there's another one that I'm missing, but basically you have all these action films where part of the draw is we're having these guys. Like it's you're gonna see. Right. You've seen these guys by themselves, but like I think ultimately 
this mode kind of gets killed by the of all things the expendables well that's the, the thing i think the... i think it's recently biased eh? because i think i hate expendables for so much that <laughs> this just kind of cloud what we're feeling about stallone in well, perpetuity uh but i, 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 don't I know. still haven't I, seen it though but no ricardo yeah you you hate i am this. not going to see it yeah, I, read, I read summer's I read Summer's review, and yeah. the fact that they have um, the Raid guy and Tony Jaa in the same yeah. film, and uh-huh. they don't fight each other. And they don't use it. They don't fight I was, each other. I was, I was done. I was yeah. done. I was yeah, done. Yeah. No. Anyway, I'm, I'm, I'm yeah, out. I'm I, out. Anyway, as I say, as I say, I don't, it's not, okay, so let me be clear about something. It's not that I don't think that Sylvester Stone can't be funny, right? It's a handful of roles he was in. Oscar. Mentioned. Right? Right? Oscar is underrated. Yeah, he's pretty good in that. Right, right. need to that. But... But I don't know. <laughs> I find in this, in this, I don't know. I felt he could have been like from a comedy, from a comedy beat standpoint, he could have been stronger. And I, he always Especially felt like since everyone else, right? Since everyone else is so good, right? Exactly. That's all I feel I, about it. Is this film? But yeah, um, we gonna talk about it later. Plot wise, yeah. later run through. All right. Well, well, well before history. before we get to the plot, right? Um, you know, as we usually do, as as it is a retrospect review, we just had to talk about just how we saw it. And I imagine it's the same for everyone here in this chat. Um, where basically we did not see it in theaters. Um, well, at least nope, in my no. case, you know, it was a fourteen-year-old film, so I was still too right. young. I was still in primary school. I but... right, right. I saw this on VHS Neg- for the first time. I was oh, okay, negative okay. three yeah. years. I was. This came out in like '93. I was negative three years old. Was this? Why do you Yeah. Yeah, so so like in my case, yeah, I imagine it's the same thing with um with Tracy. Sorry, yeah, with Tracy. Yeah, um, it showed on a little station called TTT Child Two or Thirteen. That's where right. I, I was I, it I TTT or TBC. Oh. It was TTT. It was TTT. I remember that. Yeah. It was TTT. Oh. Yeah. So okay. I, I I saw it when it aired on local television. Mm-hmm. Um, and I enjoyed mm-hmm. it. Right. Okay. At, at the time, I didn't pick up on all of the jokes and references and well, I should call them future jokes. Right. That's that's right. the term I'll use with you know with with the numerous um hu- uh, moments of humor in this film. Right. Yeah. A lot of future jokes. Yeah. I didn't pick up on all of it though. But you know, I just kind of watched. It. I was like, yeah, I, I enjoyed it because I was seeing Stallone. You know, on on my small screen TV. Mm-hmm. I, I saw that. Right. Um, uh, I, I I was patient enough. I waited a few years. Years until the keyboard on TV, so cool. I saw it, right? Um, but we should mention also to Wesley Snipes because, yeah, he was on a roll, you know, in the yes, 90s, right? In the 90s, um, yes, especially mm-hmm. with you know, with films. Well, I, and you have to thank Spike Lee for this, right? Because he was the star of Mo Better Blues, um, right? And then, you know, yeah, well, well, sorry, he was the co star, sorry, because Denzel was his star, uh, but he was the star then he of gets to... Jungle Fever, he was that. Jungle right? Fever, and yes. of course, you know, in Sabia, he was in one of my top 10 favorite movies of all time. New Jack City, which I absolutely love. And a good thing that okay. brought up Bill Cobb, Ricardo. Okay, I was like, hey, Bill Cobb is to this. Because, yeah, he was the old man who killed uh, Wesley right. Snipes' character. Right, you know, right, right, end, right, right. Which, which, I, which, I which, I which love, in retrospect, retro- retrospect, thinking about it, like, yeah, they, they didn't interact with each other at all in the story. In this no, movie. Uh, yeah. Which is true. Yeah, yeah, true. That's <laughs> yeah. not going to be opportunity. But then, but then also, too, so, you know, uh, well, sorry, sorry to continue, but, but also you should keep in mind, too. Okay. Okay, you know, New Jack City have elements of action in it, but primarily it's a crime drama, right? A great crime drama, right. great yes. anti-drug drama, it's a great right? Great crime drama. But in '92, there's a little film that he was he was in called Passenger '57. I remember right. how that's what that's yes. that was, right? I I um so yeah I I recently I went on a on a on a '90s uh Wesley Snipes kick just to go through like his, his <laughs> okay. well, I was looking for I was looking for a pattern I was a looking for something. Yeah. Well, no, like, listen, listen, all of them. 
all of those movies was good because the movie that, that starts off the 90s really was uh, used, you mentioned more better, but I was trying to think of King of New York. That's the one I, I remember. Right. Yes. Like, yes. This yes. was big like King of New York. Which I, right, which I really, really like. Uh, but yeah, there's when... Lawrence Fishburne and Wesley Snipes. Like, good. And they have oh, scenes where they get to work opposite each other. Holy yeah. crap. Yep. Pretty yep, good. Yep, yep. But yeah, right before Passage of 57. But that, that was like the jumping off point of a big, like his big action thing. Because he yes. had white men can't jump. Right, I, I forgot yes. to mention that great movie, right. by the way. Um, well, I actually um, kept it in preparation for the remake, which is awful. But yeah, I was shocked at how right. great <laughs> the, the original film was. Like, y'all should really right. rewatch it. It's a great movie. Yeah. Yeah, okay. and then um, I, I vaguely remember, I, again, only because I was going through the kick, the, the run-through, is like, oh yeah, I vaguely remember Boiling Point, vaguely remember Water Dance, vaguely remember Verizon Sun, which was yeah, like, with, oh, this uh, was... With, with Sean Connery, yes, I remember. Yeah, which, I, which, which yeah. was okay, you know, giving it back, and then right after Rising Sun was Demolition Man. And yes. like, you know, yeah. he do his thing in his, in this real weird way, and White is work, but he just, it was such a breakout role for him in that sense. Now. Like, I think Demolition Man was like his first really big 90s hit, if, if anything, now, as a, other than, um, mm. other than New Jack City, you know, it okay. was the one that put him into the weird mainstream, because I don't know how big of a film New Jack City was, like, at the time. It was like, it, 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 it was, it was pretty big from what I remember. Well, I remember. as a mass market, from a mass yeah. market, I know, I just thinking in terms of like, what America was, like, yes, oh, New Jack City was, okay. a, was a hit. True. Was a hit, but it's. I think. I think most of New Jack City was really. I don't think its theater run was that big. I think it more. It was VHS okay. and you know syndication. Well, we usually would syndication, but really, what I mean by just proliferation, right? Mm-hmm. By 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 um whole media. Uh, but I think I think really it's it's passionate for this man. Then demolition man that really puts him on the map. And this is what a couple years before, what four years before what Blade. When Blade came out, um, 98? Um, 90, 90, yeah, Blade, yeah. Blade, right. yeah, Blade was, let me see. 98. I, 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 have, I have Wesley Snipes. 98, 98. 98. So yeah, two years, two years before right. Blade. Right, right. And yeah, so so I, uh, uh, you know, Demolition Man is one of those things that just so, like to me, this is a big, Simon Phoenix is a big defining role for him. Like I, I think in the mainstream 90s, at the 90s is concerned, like yes, we, in retrospect, we have the magic of the internet so we get to, you know, pull up all kind of information and, and make sense of a, a, a grander pattern. But at the time, I think, yeah, when, when people t- thought of Wesley Snipes, they really thought of, of Simon Phoenix, like in terms of the mass appeal of that. So yeah, that's another thing about this film. Because he's really good in this. He he's is, really he funny. is, he mm-hmm. is, right. Yeah. But, but before we get into the plot now, because uh, You've been fairly quiet, Tracy, but I understand. Yeah, Tracy, that's what oh, no, I mentioned briefly. Well, your your just quick history with with the film, and then we can just jump into the moments in the film that stood out to us. I have. I was thinking about this for the last week, and I was trying to figure out where I saw it because, like you, it wouldn't have been in the cinemas at all. Um, but I kept thinking it was TV six, but it was one of those local uh, television stations. Which I mean, give credit to the TV stations back then. You are 12, 13, because in, in, in 93, I was just heading into high school or, you know, five of us. So that was our scene. Um, old, very old. But the point is, you know, Saturday and Sunday night, they would be giving you Tango and Cash. They'd be giving you all these kinds of movies, executive decision. Um, right. And then, of course, oh, things yeah. like, like, like this. So... That was how I came into it. And then, uh, you know, like, you would see it on TNT later on in life. And then eventually on TCM for whatever, like, summer kind of some things or whatever it is like that. But for me, that is how I came into it. I, I remember seeing it 
back then. And like you, Sibili, uh, you know, there were some things that went over my head, but there were like three things in particular that stuck with me. One was, you know, the idea of the sexless sex. The um, I thought it was Taco Bell, but it was it, it's 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 Pizza Hut and the franchise war. Well, so it's both. No, it is it Taco is, Bell. It is both, but it's I, both. I, I'm gonna talk about that. I'm, I'm gonna talk about yeah, that. So yeah, so right. in in Europe, in Europe, and in, in England, and in England, it's Pizza Hut. In America, it's Taco Bell. Yeah. Really? Oh, that explains yeah, it. Yeah. That explains oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah. It's both. I didn't because oh. I I'm saying I know I have a memory of it being because all my life I was like, oh, it's Taco Bell, but then when I watched it again, yeah. I heard them say Pizza Hut won the franchise wars. Yeah. I, I I watched it the film this week and my American DVD it's Taco Bell. Yeah, yeah. Like, yeah so no so no no Mandela effect bullshit. No, that's not what happened. It's bad movie. Right, no, it's um, not that. It's really what happened is that it was literally booted just because of who get to you know, who money get to pull yeah. faster than that way. Oh, that's yeah. true. Yeah. The one, the one thing I will, I will, I will say, you know, going back into uh, a Demolition Man, watching it, was like this movie here. And granted, the other thing that I'm about, I'm going to talk about, is like, you know, it came out in in the year 2000 or, two, or 2001, somewhere around there. But this was for me the Batman Beyond Return of the Joker long before Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Oh, really? No. It's a very similar point. you bring up that because after mentioned Batman and Joker. But go on. Yeah. Yeah. Listen, there there were some things that I saw when I I was re-watching it now that I just, you know, Louis D'Esposito was uh, an assistant producer there. And this is the man now who is like one of the big three over in Marvel. And I'm listening right. to the music and I'm wondering why is this music sounding like this? It's because the guy who did Batman Forever is the same guy who's who did the music, the score for Demolition Man. And That's I was like, right. This nah. I'm going to talk about that too. Oh. <laughs> oh. So, and I'm wondering why is it hitting all these notes? And and I'll I'll, I'll just throw this out there. You know, over the last couple of weeks, you know, um, the right honorable Scorsese has been talking about film and content and why, you know, content is things that you eat as opposed to film and all that kind of stuff. And I, I have agreed with pretty much everything that he has said because, I mean, when he speaks, you sit up and you listen. But I went back last night and I was watching Demolition Man and I was thinking about what we had back then because the 90s gave you, you know, um, it's a... a, a um, the English Patient, which is comes in later on in like '98 or thereabouts, right. but it gives okay. you the English Patient. But you also get things like Demolition Man and Tango and yes. Cash, and you had this wide variety of uh, of a film that you can say this is what film is. This is how broad film is. It's not content that yes. you know. And even like going back and looking at Warner Brothers, Warner Brothers back then in the 90s was this studio where it was like okay, let's take a chance and you know what? We're going to take a chance. We're going to have this cop and we're going to have this Joker character who is pretty much doing, you know, in the future, in a future where everybody is like supposedly tame. And let's take a chance and see where it goes. As opposed to now where it's like, if this IP doesn't work, then we'll go to this other IP. And now I have the yes. potential of seeing 40 Barbie sequels. You know, I right. I I missed that. I I was smiling all night last night watching Demolition Man. But as <laughs> a, a 12, 13 year old, <laughs> 12, 13 year old sitting down, um, watching my local channel, 
watching this on a weekend, this was gold. And so it just brought back a whole set of feelings and smile on my face. So that's that's where I live where Demolition Man is concerned. Right, right. So just just gonna mention some notes here, you know, just stuff that that took down, right? So yes, you know Demolition Man, um, 993 from director Marco Brambilla, right? Um, good thing that you brought up Elliot mm-hmm. Go- Goldenthal because yeah, if you listen closely, right. mm-hmm. you will hear musical flourishes that sound similar to Batman Forever, like especially right. horns. Mm-hmm. He has this sort of like uh, I don't want to say theatrical, but he more does. like a circus style kind of way that he orchestrates yes. the horns. You know, like if you remember, like certain action scenes in Batman Forever. Most of which involve like you know uh, Two Face and Riddler. Yeah, you you'll hear those stuff, right? So like when Simon Phoenix is shows up, you just hear like the music sound a little bit more, you know. I don't want to say cartoonish, but more over the top now, more comedic in a sense. Like, like, wow, yes. yeah, it works, right? Very br- there's there's a wall of like brass sound yes. when a lot of yeah. the big action scenes are happening because of the way it's composed. Because it's not because he is leaning on the horns in a way that's very like punchy it i think the the 90s first composition goes like the 80s and 90s but 90s in particular like you hear a lot of that style of composing especially for action like mm-hmm. it's very it's very horn driven away that i need to be like, bombastic it, exactly yeah. bo- uh, yes bombastic. very bombastic yeah. there's, there's, there's there's a few bits that i was really fancy of that's where he kind of incorporate like um like a little hip-hop Records, um, like scratching basically. Okay, it's a black man, all right. Again, it's 93, but yeah. oh gosh, like, yeah. like really, really yeah. like, oh, this is this is for the urban audience. Like, no, stop it, right? Right, anyway, right. So, um, I like how it opens up with the Hollywood sign in flames, like, all the letters are in flames. I'm like, yeah, wow, this movie is really this prophetic, is right though, you know, like, you know, like the mm-hmm. writers and actors strike, like, think about that, like, wow, like, you know, this is the fall mm-hmm. yeah. of Hollywood, yeah. right? But it's actually LA in 1996, right? And it's really interesting that this movie came out, <laughs> like, you know, a few years after the LA riots, right? And you know, well, the introduction I, of Stallone's right. character is in a police helicopter, i.e., a ghetto burner. So that, that was really interesting to me, like, I, I, I yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's like that. There's a lot of there's a little bit of predator too in this. Like it, it does that. Oh, like, I know what you mean. Yeah, which there is a bit. Yeah, set in yeah. LA, by the way. Okay. Um, right, right. Yeah. What I forgot what year it was set in. I, ca- I can't remember. Ninety four, um, I think. Ninety four, ninety no, nineteen ninety seven. Yeah, it was set in ninety seven. Okay. Though, we came out yeah. in nineteen ninety, right? And right. fun fact, even the predator, i.e., one of my top ten picks for worst movie of the past decade. Yeah, they butchered that <laughs> because. Like, there's a date where they said, oh, right, they, they show, like, a clip there, like, uh, or still of what happened in Predator 2, and they put 1990, but it's like, no doofus, it's set in 1997. Yeah. It was released <laughs> right. in 1990. Right. Go on. Right. right. Yeah. But anyway, mm-hmm. so John Spartan uh. is our hero. He's played by Stallone, and he's sent to stop Simon Phoenix, right? Played by Wesley Stipes, right? And I like how they set up early on, you know, send a maniac to catch a maniac, right? Because, yeah, John is kind of pretty much hell-bent on stopping Simon, right? To the point that when he jumps out the helicopter, right? He does a pose yell, Geronimo! He just yells, Phoenix! And jump out. I'm like, right. wow. Like, right. you, you, <laughs> that hell bent on catching this guy, right? Mm-hmm. Phoenix! They, they sell it. you on their hate-based love affair so hard. Yes. Right. Like the amount <laughs> it's, of like, it's, it's, like, it's my... like they, it's so good. Yes, yes, yes. I like when you see Simon, like instantly you're taking um, Joker. Oh, well, well, sorry, sorry. What are you saying, Tracy? Oh, no, 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 no. I, I was just saying, is that kind of MacGyver, Murdoch kind of relationship that the two yes. of them have had as well? Uh, the original MacGyver and Murdoch, I didn't really watch well, the ones, but yeah. And of yeah. course, also, like, the, the, other, the other comparison, and I think I made this before we were recording, um, Face Off. 
the, the, the right. whole thing where you have the cop, mm-hmm. you have the cop and the bad guy who have this another crossover action film. You have the this cop and this bad guy who have this intense, very personal. Like I feel, I don't know. I feel like in the '90s, it's it's not enough that like the bad guy and the cop are just on the wrong sides of the law. There has to be something personal, you know. Yeah, like there has yeah. to be this this absolute next level personal vendetta between the two, which right. leads to I don't know. It's it's so good. It's so theatrical. Yeah. It's delightful. <laughs> yeah, it is. It is agreed. Um, and yeah, you know, like um, like the moment that you see Simon Phoenix, right? I mean, yeah, it's a typical, you know, he's snorting coke and all that kind of stuff, right? Very, very cliche. Uh, I mean, you, you saw it in friggin' Die Hard too, right? But whatever, right? But yeah, um, like just the moment that you see Wesley do, like he immediately steals the show for me, right? Because um, he's just so cocky and just the bravura that he shows off, right? And yes, we know early on that, you know, he's he's holding uh, 20 passengers of this municipal bus hostage, right? But still, it's Wesley Snipes too, and I just love how he just immerses himself into the room. Right, um, there's a great little moment, right? Just, just like during the, the back and forth, because of course you have to expect that. Um, where he says, "I swear I'll lose my mind if it was the touch," and then uh, John says, "I'll keep my, that in yeah. mind." Right? Just that early foreshadowing is one of those lines that you would really think about. I when you see the climax. Like, wow, they really like remember that and brought it back. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That was brilliant. That yeah. was brilliant. Um. The first, uh, well, I should say, you know, um, just just early on before we get into like you know the major moment of that sequence, um, I was picking up on Dark Knight vibes. I was picking up on, okay, right. like John is gonna beat mm-hmm. the shit out of Simon if Simon doesn't tell him where mm-hmm. the hostages are, right? Mm-hmm. And Simon is all laughing. Right. He's like, oh, look at you, fuck you, and all that kind of stuff. It's very much like the Christian Bale Heath Ledger dynamic, yeah. especially like that interrogation mm. scene from from the Dark Knight, right? Yeah. Especially when how it right. ends too with the explosions and oh, you know, you have a choice, blah blah blah. Right, um, but that first action sequence, though, it's it's a shockingly great one that actually holds up, right? But it ends on a literal bang, though, because you see, Simon Tidal blows up, right? Blows up thanks to some barrels of C4, yeah. right? And it's an actual building that blows up. And instantly when I saw that, it reminded me of the climax of, you know, a little action classic, Police Story 2. Because, yeah, it ended with right. a building being exploded, mm-hmm. uh, being ex- um, being blown up, sorry, right? And even though you don't see Sloan running out, like, it's, you don't see him outside running, he, he does pick up Simon and, you know, run off before the police um, comes on, right? But, yeah, when I saw that for myself, like, when I was, um, saw it, right, in the film, just, just recapping it, my jaw dropped. I was like, wow, they spend this yeah. amount of money to show a building literally blow up in Carreno. I was like, wow, yep. mm-hmm. run of applause. I love that. Not and even a miniature or anything. Like no, that's what catch me. It's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's an actual building, right? This was the beauty of the... This for me is the beauty of like the '90s, you know, and that kind of vibe. It's like, okay, we're gonna really go out there. Are we really gonna spend it, money? Are we yeah. really gonna blow up a building? That's right. Yeah, yeah. Like yeah. It has this. It, it has this. It has this spare no expense thing. We're, we're gonna get this big sci-fi movie. We're gonna get two big stars. We're gonna blow up actual buildings. And then we're gonna have a whole future bit that's gonna have its all this other technology. We're gonna have a muscle car driving through the street, a futuristic <laughs> car. Oh my god. Yeah. Um, now speaking of the title now I love where you see John Superior well his boss comes and says damn it John I'm tired of this demolition man shit right <laughs> but you know like at first when you hear it you're like oh okay well that's just like a little quip that he threw at him but later on there's a moment where you see like this old news report well that's in 2022 right where the story really yeah. is set where yeah they really used to call John Demolition Man because of how far he would go to catch a bad guy even if it means shit mm-hmm. getting blown up 
I love that. I don't care. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, whatever blo- shit blown up, but I got the job done. I love that, right? Um, a whole mall gets destroyed to save uh, uh, to a little gill. I was like, what? Right. I, love, I love how the gill responds to the news reporter. That is, I love that. It's like, I love that. Like, <laughs> that bit is so funny. Like, like, I, John I, I, Spartan, do you think it was worth blowing up an entire mall just to save the one girl? The little girl. Right. They had the thing go off in the background because of that. Yes, 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 yes. Yes, yeah. Now again, going back to Dark Knight. Oh now they God. they have the moment where you know we're all thinking, okay, well the hostages weren't in the building, right? But then Simon was like, yeah, they actually work. Well, sorry, well when the the um, it's either a firefighter or I think it's a police officer finds the bodies, right? That they were all there, right? right? And I mm-hmm. love Simon's response, right? It's like, you see, John doesn't care. Oh my God, how can he sacrifice all these innocent people for me? Like, right. Wow, that is, that is pure <laughs> proto Joker right there. Joker. I love that. Yeah, that is, yes. that is, that is Joker. So yeah, uh, due to his negligence and after actually side with the law for this one, yeah, John was kind of negligent there. Uh, they sentenced him to seventy years of sub-zero rehabilitation, right? I.e., cryo sleep, right? I think for right. me this was one of the first mm-hmm. times that I really saw cryo um genics being incorporated into sci-fi right like for me yes you know? right. yeah it really yeah. in a really smart way well, yeah, yeah, other than aliens other than alien i don't think they really use it all that much uh, true mm-hmm. um but then yeah, again I, yeah. I, I didn't see well, aliens till like years afterwards but yeah you're okay right. no, no yeah. problem right yeah go ahead. but for go me ahead. It's, it's the way how it's how it's done because you have the gel and you have that, that liquid yes. and then they put the cryo because usually when you think of cryogenics it's like you go in a tube and this you know this this air comes on over here and you just exactly there until you think, you know, you think it's you think it's sci-fi sci-fi had, like the early 90s had a lot of like that tech bro because remember we also leading into the nascent internet so you had a whole mm-hmm. tech yes. bro culture mm-hmm. and yeah cryogenic is a whole thing because like you thought about your people who you know think they need to be immortal for some reason or some nonsense right mm-hmm. so yeah cryogenic was like a big mm-hmm. staple for sci-fi for a long time yeah it was it was um, I like how they say that his behavior will be altered through synaptic suggestion, um, you know, right. um, foreshadowing right. there, right. and right. he'll be right. eligible for par- parole no earlier than 2046, right? And right. pretty much this gives Stallone, because, yeah, this is during the, the whole title um, sequence, right? Um, yeah, this pretty much gives Stallone the opportunity to tell fellow action hero Arnold Schwarzenegger, hey, I was naked in a sci-fi movie too. Right. And uh, yes. speaking Very of Arnold, speaking of Arnold, after bringing this up one time, he has his own library dread. Like, I remember this being yeah. a bit, but I didn't remember the exact bit. But what I saw, yeah. though, this is mm-hmm. the conversation seen later on with, um, between him and Sandra Bullock's uh, character. Yeah, the Schwarzenegger presidential library dread. Presidential library <laughs> <laughs> I could imagine Arnold, like, losing his shit, cracking up the moment he heard that, though. You yeah. know? The presidential library, though. This is where we are. Yeah. Uh, well, I know, Tracy, yeah, you, you put out a still and you tagged me on it on Facebook last night, but yeah. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, you yeah. talk yeah. about the, the, the presidential library? I, listen, I, that cracked me up, the idea of Schwarzenegger being president and right. the Constitution, even though, you know, he wasn't an American, they made a, a, a leeway for him. Yes, and, I, I love how they mentioned that, too. It's a little, pe- right. a little so, bit of the yeah, element. This, I love that. This, this, I remember this coming up when, uh, back when it had the dumb conspiracy theory about Obama, Obama not being, a, uh, being eligible. And we were saying, hey, uh, why does that Arnold couldn't do it at all? And the idea is that it's that you could be, your parents have to be Americans, at least. Right. Right. But it gets into that, that is a dumb conspiracy theory because even on its face, it's wrong. Like, here's the thing. Even if you prove Obama wasn't uh, born in America, he could still be president because his mom is 
uh, America. Yeah, it's all like, Hawaii. Yeah, yeah. Right, and so on and so forth, right? It's all these little things, right? And so that was a whole thing like, hey, how come, what is making president and uh, that whole thing about it? And they bring it up. And it's a great bit. Like, it's like, yeah, here's why this is extra funny because I don't know, to become governor of California. Um, in the actuality. Me, the, the heights for me, though, and I'm remembering something that Tina Fey said when she won uh, some prize. I was talking about there was a day years ago where she and um, I can't, John, the, the, the last presidential candidate for the Republicans, haven't made sense. Um, and he, John McCain, he and he went out and the, the Time magazine snapped some photos. And she says that he had on good authority that he had that painting of her with her glasses and him standing up there in his room, in his in his office. And he's been looking at it, getting ideas. So then years later, when Sarah Palin shows up, it right. became like, a, oh, so that was a whole scene. So yeah. I'm looking at Demolition Man and I was laughing my head off at that whole presidential library because right. it's not to say like if he's going to look at it and be like, oh, there's ideas. But to see later on, he becomes governor. Was then yes. become governor. Yeah. Yeah. That is so, yeah. so funny. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and people are like, wait, that could happen then. It could it happen because here's the thing. It, it's not new. There was another actor who was governor of California, who went to become president. Yeah. So oh, yeah. people was like, at the time, that was like, it was weird. It was real weird. Yeah, it, <laughs> it was. It especially, was in... given, especially given when the film came out in 86, which would have been into the second term of that last case. Uh, right. Where, no, yeah. And, and so on and so forth. No, 93. No, no, yeah, ninety three. So we, yeah, we would have like that. That that demands that previous case's presidency would have been very recent memories still. Exactly, <laughs> exactly. So that that was kind of. I don't think that was just a running joke. It was just like, oh well, our actor become that's a joke. Yeah. That was it. You know, it's, yeah, it's a... the whole it's the whole Simpsons predict the future thing, right? It's not that the Simpsons predict the future. It's that the bullshit happened before, and that's where they're pulling from. That's right. Yeah. It yes. happened again. Or, right? exactly. or, or also the or also the case of throwing out so many predictions that. Some of them are gonna be right. Like eventually, right. Like, exactly. if you if you throw out an, it's like the whole oh Nostradamus predicted this. Yeah, Nostradamus right. also predicted a three hundred other things that didn't happen. So like, right, 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 right. Yeah. Exactly. So it's, yeah, basically Texas, Texas sharpshooter fallacy, right? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Right. Uh, so right. So cut to 2022, Sorry. And here we introduced to the um, rather lovely looking uh, Lieutenant Lenina Huxley, played by right. Oscar winner. I mean, don't mind the show that she won the Oscar for as like suspect. No, oh, suspect. Uh, oh, yeah. Sandra Bullock. Oh, Lord. Yeah. yeah, boy. Jeez. Boy. I well, mean, that's boy. not her problem, but, you know. True, it's not her problem, know, to be fair. I to know, be fair. Yes. But... <laughs> yeah, that that, that whole thing around sauce, boy. Yeah, yeah go ahead. But, but yeah. I do that's love a lot, that's, that's lots sus. Yeah, but I do love like in her trajectory from this movie. Yeah, she starred in arguably one of the best action movies of the nineties. That would be Speed. Right. And then she followed mm-hmm. up with Speed Two. The less said about that, right. the better, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. And I won't lie. I won't lie. The moment that she calls um, William Smithers, that's one of the wardens at the cryo penitent- uh, penitentiary, right? I instantly mm-hmm. thought about Tree Seaway because it's mellow greetings, William. Be well, Anina. I was like, oh, be well. Because okay, every okay. sign off that that's I have, from. <laughs> every email, every sign off that I have, I send it off with be well. Be well, yes. And I, you know, <laughs> so to come back and scare everybody being like, be well, it's like, oh my God, that's hard. Yeah. But for, for a hot minute there, consider the fact that in her 90s inspired office, there is a Lethal Weapon 3 poster. Yes, I lost my mind. Yeah, the, the, the last great Lethal Weapon movie. Let's be real here. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. You know. yes. No. Hands down. 
no doubt. The le- I, I don't know what you I, mean. Lethal I, I, Weapon I was a trilogy. We don't talk about anything Yeah, we, else. we don't talk about yeah. 4. I mean, Jet Li was in it, yeah. but we don't talk about 4. <laughs> yeah, Chris Rock was in it, but we don't talk about 4, right? But yeah, <laughs> let's go ahead. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, yeah. I I, I, I I, was like, wow, we actually have that post today. And, and the movie <laughs> came out a year before this. So I'm like, what? Okay. But I mean, yep. it's Warner Brothers, right? So it's, it's Warner Brothers just doing a lot yes. of advertising, but whatever, right? It, it's cool, right? <laughs> um, it, it could play because if she's, if she's keen on everything 90s, Right. Then she, in her universe, she would have seen that movie, and when she's yes. doing her research and all that kind, of, that would be part of her research. So yeah. I was like, okay, I could understand that, but it was still funny as hell seeing, you know, Moto and Riggs in the back I, I, of her. Yeah. I mean, that poster oh, is, yeah. is iconic, right? That poster is so iconic, right? Yeah. It is. Um, yeah. So, I, I, well, one thing I did, I, I picked up on that, that, of course, I didn't pick up on when I first saw this film, right? Um, I love yeah. the allusion to H.G. Wells' the Time Machine, right? So, like, right. while everything mm. in San Angeles, right? Because that's what they call it now. Um, and I, I like right. that as mm-hmm. a... Cre- I, I love that choice of name, like, just creatively. So, it's, like, yeah. BC yeah. and AD. Okay. So, like, you have Los Angeles and now you have San Angeles. That, that's great, right? Um, right, because... Yeah. Of yeah, because it's literally to on why, right? Which I'll get to. Right? Uh, at the time, right? So at the time, it had, uh, well, you know, we, you know, anybody who just, you know, I, as a child, I was a big geology nude. So yeah, you know, the Ring of Fire, mm-hmm. it makes sense. In fact, it could still happen. Uh, massive mm-hmm. earthquake, but mm-hmm. 1994 had a really big LA earthquake. Um, oh, okay, I didn't know. Big disaster earthquake. So yeah, it's oh, like okay. writing, writing that conceit into the script make a lot of sense. Uh, you know, because yeah, earthquakes had a lot of earthquakes and in that area uh yeah. so having a massive yes. enough earthquake that could cause a massive upheaval and, and the land you could lose a bunch of land or something like that not that far-fetched because right. it's on the ring of fire um but yeah this movie came out this year and it, it makes a lot of sense for that happen yeah well, well yes. Nitri, yeah. Uh, but yeah, Nitri, but, so but, yeah right. the, the following year the following year had a huge earthquake right like, but but but, uh, but but back to the time machine thing right so yeah um there's this like underground group of people who just dissatisfied with the world above right i was thinking oh they're like the morlocks like oh okay i, I get that right, right? right but in this right, case right. they're called no. scraps um which is run yeah. by edgar friendly who is played by Holy shit! You know, let me see you, Dennis Leary. I was like, "Hey, you in this too?" Right. I mean, like, wow. Right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, also, I forgot I that Rob Schneider. Right? He basically just doing his stand up, his stand up routine. Okay, well, I'm not familiar yeah. with his stand up, right? But I assume, yeah, yeah, yeah um, he probably did. But I'm gonna talk about yeah, his, his character in the film later on. Oh yeah. No, here's the thing. Talking about the time machine connection, one of the things I love about Demolition Man is that this is a nerdy film on like three different levels. So, <laughs> like. Yes, it's yeah, yeah. There's there's probably there's there's allusions to the time machine. There's allusions to there's a lot of sci-fi allusions. Like the one that threw me off is Sandra Bullock's character's name, Huxley, right. which Huxley, is clearly right. a reference to Aldous Huxley, who Aldous wrote Brave yeah, New yeah, World. Yeah. Yep. Which, given that this is the world of Brave New World, like it's kind yep. of one of the things I love about the movie rewatching it. Is that the opening bit with like a decently, probably like a paramilitary police force and this whole like environment that's like. Like everything up in flames and like the kind of cop John Spartan is. It's very much, oh, this feels less like this is nowadays, especially with the with the with the cryo-freeze technology, and more of a this is a um post-apocalyptic like Mad Max type world. And then right. he gets frozen and ends up in a dystopian world, essentially. And there are mm-hmm. so many different I was saying earlier that this is also a movie that's pretty great because I feel like it's really it's it it's wild that it comes out the same year as Last Action Hero because it's a very because of the fact that it's a time it has the time jump it's the fish out of water movie it gets the chance to be this hilarious self-aware action movie where like a lot of the like 
it doesn't i think it gets away because it doesn't go too much into like all the tropes and the cliches like just like oh look at this trope look at this cliche but like it's more self-aware in that it plays all the tropes at their absolute biggest it plays the tropes to their absurdity and i think that's why this is one of my favorite comedies like i would put this oh wow. um i meant to yeah no, no this is one of my all-time favorite comedies like honestly because Ooh. like and, and partially because it has one of the it has the same writer as one of my other favorite comedies which i didn't know until i was doing research for this episode it's written by the same guy who wrote heathers Okay. Oh, which oh, makes oh, complete right. sense mm-hmm. okay. when you watch it, right? Because there's a very similar, like, we're not going to acknowledge the tropes. We're just going to play them so over the top that it becomes that you're thinking about them. And that's funny. The dialogue is so over the top in the, the best way. And all the nerdy illusions are really great but then there's also all the stuff about the world building that's been acknowledged like the fact that there's a little in this um i don't know if i don't i wouldn't say politically correct future world this dystopian world or whatever there's like ordinances against swearing and so anytime someone swears it prints out a little fine but what's really funny is that no matter how dramatic the scene if a character swears in the yeah. background, you hear yeah, the little fine. ordinance thing One print yes. off. It's <laughs> that's true. That's true. It's so what? 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 what every, and what? What? So yeah. No. What's funny about it is the working bureaucracy of it. Because again, the, the swear thing comes up when yes. it's a it's a recording of a person. So who's who's been fined exactly? Like study that that guild might be yes. still alive and she gets a fine for a swear she didn't make because of a recording of her. <laughs> Check out that for a second, okay, because she, oh, she, she might be still alive. Like, who who it sent these, these fine to? Little things like that. Yeah, good point. Uh, yes. Yeah, look, right, it's all these little weird bureaucracies that are kind of funny about it now. Uh, well, we ought to get to, well, very soon, you know, when we when you get to it, but we ought to get to the three seashells. But yeah, go ahead. Yeah, we we, we, we get to that in a bit, right? Um, right. But yeah, so meanwhile now, um, Simon Phoenix is having his parole hearing, right? Um, he was frozen yeah. at the same time. Surprise, surprise yeah. with John, right? And surprisingly, Simon knows the password to the cuffs he's strapped in. And because you no know, audiences saw Wesley last year in Pastor 57, yeah, he proceeds to kick all sorts of ass, right? As yeah. reminder of a moment oh, yeah. that really stole to me when I first saw it, right? Uh, where Simon uses Paul Warden Smithers' eyeball to do like this retinal yes, scan. Yes, yes. Oh, with like, oh, shit. Yeah, with the pen. <laughs> like, that was brutal. That was, that was brutal. Wrangle and smile <laughs> on his face for that. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Now, I love wh- how uh, go he has an absolute vicious streak, but he hides it under all the humor. Yes. But then there's a couple moments where where the, you see the viciousness and, and there's like yeah. oh shit like like you you kind of you kind of warm up to this guy because of how funny he is and then he gets actually vicious like i think the final the final fight when at the very end when he finally gets tired of playing with spartan and actually just comes to like you know it's the this just got real moment of the fight it's like oh crap <laughs> yeah yeah, oh, yeah absolutely yeah. right so back to I, si- I just want to no, I, I was just saying, I just, because it's something that I had scribbled down there when I saw the, you know, their parole hearing and stuff like that. The most unreasonable and unreal thing that I could think of in that entire movie was the idea that after all these years, no lobbyist, no government official, nobody didn't come and decry the cryogenic process because there is true, no, true. in no mm. reality, no bureaucracy <laughs> with some opposition leader or some, you know, some Democrat, well, it's the U.S., well, some Democrat or some uh, uh, conservative would come up and say, this is going to cost it to keep costing the taxpayers so much. And the fact that they continue right. to have that, that for me was like, yeah, that's the most unbelievable part. Hey, of the oh, no. well, I the, think the, the, the are, thing about think... that, no, the thing about that is that 
you're not sure what the world building of the world is because it's it's the the, the, the United States is, is still politically contiguous in this yeah. world, right? That's one. Right. But you know, but it still plays with another kind of popular political conceit, which is like California. It's kind of its own thing, right? Uh, they still play with that, like oh, California has its own laws and whatever. Well, they, they call it San Angeles or whatever, but. It have any like actual manipulation of the law? Anybody could say anything about what's going on here? Not sure. It's unclear. Um, one big like plotting I always had a problem with in, in Demolition Man is which why did they live in underground instead of going instead of leaving the city? Like that was always kind of weird. To, like right. why live underground? Going, Stuff like that, right? It's like exactly. Yeah, you could just leave or go to the middle of the country, wherever it is. Not explained. It, it's not clear. I mean, you could... I'm sure sci-fi people could give a couple of decent answers to that. But, like... They're like, well, why, why don't you just move out or leave? Or, and, they, again, they play with the whole um, gentrification idea of, you know, you either live in absolute poverty or you had to move or something like that. No, not sure. Right. It's unclear. And, and he's important. So, they, they you know, they, he's important enough for, for Cocteau to try to kill him. But why? And it's all these little things that they never really explain. Still a decent plot, in my humble opinion. But, yeah, yeah. It, it brings up all these weird questions. But, yeah, that's, go ahead. That, that, uh, well, that's true. Um, right, so back to Simon, right? So he flees to San- Santa Monica, right? And here right. you see he's rocking the iconic getup, right? You know, the light blue jeans with the suspenders, yeah. the orange vest right. underneath. Like, you, oh, you know, right. it's... it's yeah, always... nice, nice total total Will Smith from Fresh Prince bullshit. You know? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It really and, is. And, of course, you know, I forgot to mention, too, you know, the, the, the hairdo, which, uh, you know, right. very famously, um, Dennis Rodman... Rocked, right? Because right, of that film. Right. And yeah, fun yes. fact, I didn't even know this till after fact, yeah, Wesley hated that. So we hated that that hairdo. So really? when the movie ended, it was like, nah, I, I, I had to get rid of this. Yeah, he he, right. he didn't like it. He didn't like it at all. But yeah, it, right. it's so funny that Dennis, you know, dyed his hair um uh white, right. you know, because of that film, right? So that's amazing. Um he goes into this like self-help boot thing and he hacks into right. the system and well he finds the location of Edgar Friendly right but he, he starts hearing the voice of what appears to be Smithers right well we, we think in a Smithers right because of the whole um, right. because of the whole rehab program thing right but you learn later on mm-hmm. who exactly is behind the scenes right, right. so right. I love that you know the yeah. police show up with glue rods well, sorry they show up armed with glue rods that's what it's called yeah, right yeah. oh start, my yeah. god so yeah. here's the thing we're, we're clever I, 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 I love the I just love the just the how clever the writing is here, right? So I love how unsure the cops are because they don't know how to apprehend <laughs> Simon and they yeah, never no responded yeah. to a warning seven before. So, you know, I like that there's this AI saying right, um, approach and but, repeat ultimatum but, 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 in an but, even firmer but, tone of but, voice. Yes, I, I, forget I forget to call it. I forget Yeah, yeah, they call yeah. it a murder that kill. Yeah, yeah. My yeah. favorite part in all that is during the bit that follows when Simon Phoenix beats all their asses, Rob Schneider's character stands up and goes, What is he doing? Police officers, we're not straight to handle this kind of violence. Yeah. <laughs> that that is one of the best I, lines in this movie. Hands that's, down. That's that that is up there with yeah. there's no fighting in the war room from Doctor yeah. Strange Love. Yes. It's so yes. it's like it's yeah. absurd, but it's 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 ironic at the same time. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And, and it's extra it's but it's extra funny because it's where they are at Ellie, right? Well, was Ellie. So I mean Exactly. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Extra extra <laughs> extra fun. Yeah, go ahead. Right. Um, I will admit, you know, it's an it's a early 90s sci-fi movie, right? So there's some dated tech in this movie. I know I'm not talking about like the computer yes. screens and the any text and whatnot. That's fine, you know, I could forgive that, right? Um, but like for the same for example, where you see Dr. Raymond Cocktail, right? 
played by the great Nigel Horton, right? And he's yeah. addressing these people mm-hmm. like he has his meeting in his office, right? About the scraps and how they are threat to society and all that kind of stuff. You see like these like monolith like structures with screens, so like that's where the, the people are. And right. it's how they move mm-hmm. when the, oh, when everyone's walking. I'm like <laughs> it's zoom. It so goofy. It's zoom. Yeah. It's Zoom. It's, it's, it's Zoom. Zoom. It is Zoom, Straight but I don't know. Yeah. It's just how those structures so, I, move. The way, I like, the way, oh gosh, that looks so good. Well, great. I mean, it, it does It does lead to some great com. It does lead to some great comedy because there's that bit when he starts talking to the aide about the attack, and then he looks over and all the screens were turning to him, and they all turn. Yes. <laughs> they all turn back. Like, that bit is really funny. Oh, by the way, yeah. speaking of the aide, right? Um, I, I love how, well, his name is Associate Bob, right? I love how, right. like, Reba tells him, be well them for me. I love that. That's just a right. great why. Like this. Uh, yeah, this song, I'm trying to <laughs> off the top of my head. Associate Bob is he was in Babylon Five. I want to say that. Um, all right. Well, I let me let me just the actor's name. Um, he might have been up. a start. He might have been in. He might have been in Star Trek Insurrection under a lot of makeup. Right. That's asking. Okay by Glenn Chandix. What is he in? Nah. Okay. So you're not a. He wasn't Beetlejuice. Yes. Sorry. He was in a yes. That's where he's from. Yes. 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 That's yeah. Where, yeah. That makes sense. Okay. All right. Yes. I just look on what he is, but for some reason, I, I in my head, he's in another big sci-fi. I'm trying to think of that. Uh. Oh, right, well, good. Right. Yeah. So let's move it quick, right? So, um, Chief Earl, right? Who is yep. I? I like I watched the face, and is only then I realized, oh, it's the guy who played um. Oh gosh, let me just get the name quickly. Who played um, Warden, well, Samuel Norton from Shawshank Redemption, right? Yeah, it's right, the same right. actor. Like, hey, that's you. Yeah. Word. Okay, okay, yeah. okay. Um, that's Bob Gunton, by the way, right? So yeah, he pretty much signed off, uh, signs off on the idea of towing out John Spartan, right? Out of his right. man-sized ice cube, right? I like that you have Bill Cobb's character who's played um, Zachary, right? And he's like, Simon's right, he an pilot. old-fashioned criminal, so we need an right. old-fashioned cop, right? You know, right. it's, yeah, it's, a, it's, it's an action movie trope, right? Yeah, you need he this he type of guy to stop this other type of this a similar type of right. guy, right? It's like that, right? right? Yeah, but yeah, comes to no, the, the, the pilot at the beginning, right? Yeah. Yes, yes, I, I didn't yes. even realize yeah. that, right? Now, yeah, 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 same character, yeah. Right. It's such, a, it's such a it's such a genuinely heartfelt moment when like he and Spartan have that reunion. It's like, oh wait, yeah. I remember you. Um, yes. What was I thinking? No. Um, and, and like the, one of the things, one of the one of the one of this movie's smartest things is how it will take. The, the sci-fi tropes and as I said earlier it plays them so big but like now it kind of explains why they're so big like his his bot like the, the 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 police chief gets to do the whole like god damn it you're doing this all right like like, like right. the you're you're, you're there, we have the law for a reason but it makes a little more sense when he's literally blowing buildings up and they live right. in a world where no one even has like all the weapons belong in a museum essentially like it actually right. it makes that trope fit just a little bit like it's one of those tropes where like you watch like a dirty harry movie where like or what was that mm-hmm. not dirty harry movie that Clint Eastwood did with Martin Sheen where like they're oh, wreaking absolute um, n- n- havoc over the town no, the rookie the rookie yes right. Yeah, they have the rookie, and they get and they keep getting hauled into the office and getting berated as usual. And you're like, oh, okay, but it makes so much more sense in a film like this because of how over the top they're playing it, and it's so right. effective. Yeah. So yeah. That, oh, uh, that's a, that's uh, a touch. Associate. Quick. Yeah, that's quick. Quick aside, he was also in Headers by the way. I'm Glenn Shandix. Okay. Uh, right. Oh, that. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. So he understood. Yes, yes. Yeah. He understands the assignment exactly. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Right. Um, but but I love like in that in that reunion right between 
John and Zachary, right? Where John says shit, right? And, well, Alfredo, who is played by Benjamin Bratt, I didn't even know he was in this movie, he's surprised by this, right? I love Lenina's response where she says, yeah, this is how insecure heterosexual meals used to bond. Actual, I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, okay. boy. That, 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 <laughs> that, was, that was so sharp. Oh, that was so sharp. I love it, right? And so, because she's insulting him like, and, 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 and talking to him as well at the same point in time, and she had to give that explanation. Well, exactly. Right. Yeah, boy. I, I, think, I, I, think he, I think he even says something like, they're clearly friends, but they're insulting each other so yes. frankly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that, no, that's the naivety of Alfred yeah. in that but scene. But her, her, her perspective as well is funny because like, she gets so much stuff wrong. Yeah, it plays it plays with that anthropology yeah. dimension. It really, really cleverly does. Like, yes. oh, that, that's kind of funny to see how people are just so misinterpret shit. And yeah, sorry to say it, how a lot of kids today who get shit wrong about the nineties. Like, no, that is not what, oh, what yeah. it was. That's true. That's true. Yeah, it's like wow. Kind of as I say, as we like Bill Cobbs yeah. when talking <laughs> about some shit. It gotta get it gotta get weird next year when they do that freak dick documentary or whatever. Right. Yeah, we could. So yeah. we have to talk about probably one of the most iconic moments in the film. The tree she- seashells, right? So like, John oh is like God. complaining about you know oh there's no boy. toilet paper in the bathroom, right? And everybody mm-hmm. just crack it up, right? You know John doesn't yeah, know Rob, Rob Schneider she- mostly, yeah, yeah, yeah. So John doesn't know what the tree she- seashells are for, right? Um, and then well, right after that, that's where they have the reunion between Zach and John, right? So like right afterwards, like as at the moment that that John notices the finds coming out of this dispenser, he just goes yeah. and it's like you duck fucking you motherfucking. Dad, dad. I remember, yeah, I remember just, six cuts in this. I remember yes, some local yeah, people. Well, well, yeah, they, well, they like, censored. That was yeah, the they censored that, right? Yeah, that, that, that's yeah. A, that's so right? Bits. And I just love, it's just five, he just says, that he just curses like five times, right? I just takes his five, you yeah. know, fines, and he's like, so much for the seashells, see you in a few right. minutes. Brilliant. Right. Love it, <laughs> love it. My drop, talk done. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Your, your, your thoughts on this, you know, three seashells scene. So yeah, the, the Tracy Shell thing is one of those like funny nod bits that it, 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 it literally won't have an explanation. A bunch of dudes trying to give an explanation for it, it's still funny if it, it's going to make sense. Because like, wait, how are you, how are you you're dealing with the particle issues, the smell, or whatever it is? And I assume it have some like static electricity something or some crap like that, or whatever it is. Eh? Uh, but no, uh, the Tracy Shell is such a great like bit because you'll just never know the answer. That's funny to me. That's very funny to me. Uh, so on and so forth. When they cut to, and this is later on in the movie, but when they cut to his apartment and you see those three seashells Again, sitting on yeah. there in the bath, <laughs> you look at that and it's like, the, the dynamic of it leaves you wondering, you know, you know, like, why am I using this? A seashell on the hole and it's a metal seashell or using yeah. it down there. <laughs> it just doesn't seem, you know, it doesn't no, it's, seem it's, it's a, Yeah, no, it's a, very, it's a very clever conceit because of how technology not intuitive to a yeah. person. That is it. Simple. Oh, yeah. No, I because I'm sure. I I'm sure. It's... Yeah, go ahead. Um, mm-hmm. see, sorry. No, I was thinking about how it's it's very much a clever reversal. I feel like you get actual archaeologists and anthropologists who right. will come across an object or a tool from another yeah. time, and they'll go, "I have no idea what this is. Like, we don't we don't yeah. know what this does. Mm-hmm. There's no one who's written about it. Yeah. They clearly it was important for something or other, but we have no idea what this is. Exactly. And I, and I love, I love sci-fi that manages to flip that for the future. Like the, yeah. I, like this whole thing, like the, the toilet paper, uh, back in, back at the time they used wadded up paper in order to, um, <clears throat> it's like, oh, he doesn't know about the three seashells. Right. Right. Simple. And I uh, can you imagine, you know, there's go, there's go back and forth about that because it have like, uh, uh you know, you know, pay phones or, you know, all kind of things like uh, what a Rolodex is yeah. or, and so on and so forth. And you could go back and forth about it because you have a whole bunch of shit now. I was like, and to get in my head, wow, 
I would have never known about this as a child, and I'm a child. Like, so no. far, so mm. adults or, or old people just have no clue um, what that is. And it's it's a clever, clever conceit. Very clever conceit, in my humble opinion. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Um, so now we get to one of the best set pieces in this movie, right? A museum that is dedicated to replica prior to, well, yes. the earthquake, right? Which, by the okay, way, took so place in ignoring, Yeah, ignoring the casual racism, but jeez, boy, it's time to so funny in this sequence. I Yes, he just going off track. It's it's almost I would say almost equivalent of like I... um like the Riddler in um, Batman Forever, like in you know right. in the, in the back mm-hmm. just blowing shit up and just throwing quips, right? But yeah, the yeah. moment like first time I saw this, right? When I heard the Hall of Violence shit, I was like, all right, all right, I fucks with this too. I mean, it's very <laughs> self-explanatory, right? And how Simon gets access to that, um, just that, just those oh my uh, God. guns is genius. Yeah. He just oh, watch a guy is like, how yeah, much do you weigh? I love that. He picks, yeah, no, a, guy one, up, he picks yeah. a guy up and throws him yeah. into, the, into the window. No, but, it, like, it, no, but it, uh, the stuff before it was funny. When he was just kicking the glass, I just, it just yes. solid physical <laughs> comedy. Oh yeah, he keeps kicking yeah. the glass. Everyone eventually yeah. leaves. Everyone's watching him like, what's up with yeah. this guy? And then, and then a helpful yeah. person comes up like, how can I yeah. help you? Um, yeah, exactly. And they're like, how much do you weigh? How much do you weigh? Um, <laughs> yeah. I think one of my favorite bits. Mm-hmm. Right. Yes. Like, yeah. I love watching his trade of thought. I think and, and it's a, a, it's a clever... Just- it's, it's a clever conceit because he have all of this like um, military knowledge and stuff that he didn't have when he got the guy deliberately like upload stuff into his brain. Um, yes, little stuff like that. So it, it adding and comp- compiled particularly well here in the plot. Now I was like, oh, that's really clever how they play this out again. Wesley Snipes is very oh, yeah. funny and good at this. He is. He is. Um, yeah, because yeah, he, me... it's just his timing, his comedic timing works here. You know. Yes. Yes. Now, there's a bit just a few minutes later when he finally breaks the glass, right? And he's he's, he's looking and he's admiring all these guns. And he goes, wait, it's the future. Yes. Where are exactly. all the ray guns? Where are the ray right? guns? Oh, God. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and that gun that he acquires, though, is, is, is badass. So I, I, I love yeah. it, right? Yeah. <laughs> It take like five minutes to upload to 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 get ready for it or whatever it was. Yeah, 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 that, yeah. That, that's a drawback yeah. though. But when when it when it when it activates, yeah, it's, so it's, it's like holy shit, right? Um, but speaking of that though, I, 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 I go on, sir. You know, I was about to wonder if that's a direct reference to Akira or not, because Akira also has that ray gun that needs to be recharged. Right. Oh, yes. Right. No, there, there's a lot of. There's a lot of. Yeah. Like I'm sure it's based off a real gun. Like I'm sure if any gun nerds will tell you, oh no, it's based off of this gun design, blah blah blah. Oh, yeah. And a lot of guns, like are great guns, just you can't put them out on the field because they have some shitty drawback. But they're great guns otherwise. Like yes. so and so so forth. Like that's that's what it is. Just the whole of violence. That's it. So you know they sell it. And they make it work. And yeah. it, it's a it's a just a simple world building bit that works. Agreed, agreed. Now I yes. love the reunion between John and Simon, right? So Simon's yeah. like busting shuts and whatnot, you know. Um I I love what he says, you know, I'm a blast from the past, right? And then John yeah. steps in, right? And you know Simon recognizes the voice, sees John, is like, oh shit, they let anybody into the century. I love <laughs> right. that one. Yeah. I love that, right? Yeah. <laughs> no I love the wait, wait, they thought you back. Let me get this straight. They thought you to get me. Yeah, Man, you, like, it's like, you got the short end or something like that. Yeah, right. something like that, right? Um, now, just <laughs> in terms of casting, right? That, that, well, just that shootout and fight scene alone is badass, right? But just the pairing between the two of them is great, right? Because yeah. it's the whole yeah. big bully boxer in Stallone versus the slender 
athletic mm-hmm. martial artists. And you just see that it's... in their fights. You know I mean, yes, they, 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 they bust shots at each other and it's cool to watch, but it's where they fight, though. That's when you really see, oh, that's why they pair those two together. It works so, so, so well, right? Yeah, um, well, they're both, I, as, as far as, 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 unless I'm much mistaken, they're both, especially when it comes to the fight scenes, they're both doing their own stunts as well, right? Well, because I, 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 yeah, I, I would assume, yeah, I would yeah, assume I think, I think at that point, yeah. yeah, I think at that point, where Sam's was already, what, a four degree of, or fifth degree black belt by that point. Uh, yeah. So it's always, yeah, so you more likely would have been part of the, the working choreography for that, yeah. Yeah, and, and it's still exactly. so I assume Stallone did his own stuff too, right? Um, right. But yeah, but basically, um, Simon escapes, right, from the shootout or whatnot, and then he runs into Dr. Raymond. Um, he tries to, to shoot him, but physically he can't, right? And then you find out, oh, right. you know, Raymond's the one who brainwashed him. That's a nice little twist, right? You know, through yeah. the rehab program. Yes. That, was, that was really smart, right? Um, right? But the scene ends brilliantly, you know, because, yeah, Raymond runs into John and Lenina, right? And he invites them. Right. Well, you know, in, in, in the European version, they say Pizza Hut, right? But the American right. version, they, 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 they say um, Taco Bell. So the version right. I saw in preparation for this was Pizza Hut. And yeah, you could see the ADR. Yes, you see the lips say Taco Bell, but they say Pizza Hut, right? right. It's like, oh, right, 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 right. right? But, it's, <laughs> I, but it's a I, nice, but well, sorry, just, just to close it off, right? But it's a nice <laughs> joke, right? But what sells yeah. it do is John's reaction way. It's just that few seconds where he's just like, <laughs> The fuck? He's just standing, he's like, yeah, exactly. looking just forward little, to just, it. Just, just, I love that. <laughs> he's just, yeah. yeah. Like he just kind of stands a little stunned. Like, did I hear that right? Like, yeah, yeah. And, and even funnier though is Lenina's face because she just like, oh yeah, you know, Raymond, mm-hmm. you know, the guy, the savior of, of yeah. San Angeles, is inviting us to go to. Well, I'm gonna call it Pizza Taco Hut Bell, right? It's like, oh right. yeah, you know what I mean. But it's John's well, reaction and- though. I love that. It's one. This is one of those movies where, and I think it's because the world building is so good. Like I was thinking about how they clearly spent a lot of time on this, like you know, dystopian future speak, and how all the actors mm. actually commit to it really well. But then the yeah. other thing I was thinking about is how there's a consistent joke in this movie where whenever he comes across something weird, the explanation actually makes it weirder. So at first right. he's like, they buy him to Taco Bell, and he's like, oh, huh, Taco Bell, and then later in the car. He's saying, like, why Taco Bell? Well, he doesn't – I was afraid I'm saying he says, like, Taco Bell. And she's like, right. oh, yeah, Taco Bell was the only place to survive the franchise wars. Right. And they're like, yeah, wait, like, wait, wait is... whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we went from Taco Bell to the franchise wars. Yes. This nice. explanation actually made it stranger. Right. I could totally see <laughs> some hack uh, – like, some hack filmmaker making the franchise wars a movie. Like, just oh, say, oh, we do not prequel, <laughs> do not prequel to Demolition Man. Schwarzenegger's president, you know, you do it like a, a, a franchise wars joke. Like, I, I just somehow get, get all these guys to green light on it. Like, that's the only reason it can't happen is because <laughs> none of these people will green light, you know, green light to see the, 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 the restaurant destroyed in a movie, right? Um, no. Exactly. Yeah. No, 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 no. Ricardo, no, we, laugh, we laugh now, but I'm sure somebody somewhere in a vault is sitting on Dog, that scene. Listen, I, listen. Give just Elon Musk or one of these idiots will just shell out the money to do this. Like, you know, yeah. it'll reach that point. It'll reach that point. We we in this weird TikTokification world where anything is anything now. I, yes. I, I, I listen, you see a trailer for the franchise was prequel to Demission Man. Look at that. No, but hold Hang on a up. second. You, re- you remember two Christmases ago, there was a lifetime short that came out. I know exactly what you're talking about. Right, with, with Mario Lopez. Yeah, Ricardo right. and I, we, we, we talked about it. We talked about it. So, right. I mean, anything is possible at this point in time. You never know two, five years from now, somebody will come and say, set oh. in the same 
you know, blah, 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 the same time period as Demolition Man. He has the franchise like the, the prequel to Demolition Man. Well, especially since, no, I was just thinking, there's also this bizarre phenomenon where all these franchises now have a sense of humor on their social media. Like, you exactly. have all these... Exactly. That's what I'm trying to tell you. They could totally do that. Yeah. Too. Like, I would not be surprised. They could... Like, you see, we, as I say, we're living in this weird... Like, uh, who just had a, had a trap album? Wendy's or one of them? <laughs> Wendy's had a trap uh-huh. album. Like, yeah, really? no, it, we're living in that world now. Like, one of them. Oh, no, um, a hamburger helper, one of these guys. They, it it it's oh, that weird. Like when you when you go on online and look, it's it's corporate shenanigans, right? It's it's corporate well, okay. and and corporate like manipulation. But like yeah, if you go yeah. on the, if you go on the Twitter Twitter pages, this get weird. This this get real wild. It's People, like what's oh, going on here? The Twitter the Twitter oh, accounts. Always... Sometimes some sometimes the Tumblr accounts are odd yeah. as well. But the Twitter accounts in particular, <laughs> especially <laughs> Wendy's. Wendy's continues yeah. to be you know yeah. Weird. So, as I say, hear me now, hear me now, quote me later, I will not be surprised if somebody decide to make a prequel of Devil Shot Man and call it the franchise was Straight up just do a, a totally be... bizarre, bizarre Brazil-style comedy, mm. you know. I oh, hope, uh, I will direct it, yeah. I will direct it, uh, yeah, I, exactly. I swear, I will, <laughs> right, I will, no, we'll spend... <laughs> Well, especially since, especially since I was thinking about this, because like one of the things about Demolition Man that makes it such a fun film to revisit is just how, just it, again, it goes back to that whole Simpsons predicted the future thing. Like, there's just so right. many elements, like little things about Demolition Man that weirdly came true. Like, right? Like, I mean, like first of all, the whole thing about like the franchise wars. Like, there is a historical precedent for corporations that yep. actually have the point where they like own yeah. land, have private armies, and crap like yeah, that. Yeah, uh, exactly. Then I was thinking about, but I was thinking about the fact. One of the, my favorite bits of world building about Demolition Man is that is that they, if they do have contemporary music, we never hear it. But most right. time, everyone listens to the oldies station, and the right. oldies Thank station you. is just commercials. It's just commercial jingles, yeah. and it's jingles. so weird because yeah. because. There are places on like TikTok and YouTube where people are discovering like kind of older commercial jingles and doing little dances to them, and I'm like, "What are yeah. you doing?" That that it, it could get weird. It, I all I see it. My <laughs> point is that it could get weird. Yeah. That's all I see. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Sorry, Matthew. Go ahead on that side. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That 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 aside, right? So, uh, yeah. Now during the dinner at um, Pizza Taco Hut Bell, right? Um, I like yeah. that they bring up a side effect of the whole cryo procedure, right? Where John was actually conscious, Jesus. even though he was he was frozen, right? He right, still right. remembered the deaths mm-hmm. of the hostages at the beginning of the film, right? And in particular, yeah, it was like, it was a kind of weird, like it was a kind of weird fever dream kind of thing, and it, they so they had a weird ethical yeah. dimension to the whole cryo dream because it wasn't like. It wasn't peaceful sleep. Yeah, yeah, like yeah, to say that. Exactly. Yeah, and yeah, he even mentions yeah. his wife, like, remember his wife pleading to the police or just like, right. you know, pretty much tell him to, to release him from, from cryo sleep. Yeah, well, right? no, no. What, 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 what he literally says is he remembers his wife beating on the outside of the ice prison and I was like, yes. oh my yeah, right. God. That was, that, was, that, was a, that was a great moment. Um, Just then, well, the scraps show up in a raid and, you know, it, it, it's right. kind of heartbreaking but it makes sense in this world. Yeah, to steal food, right? You know, because, right. yeah, they set up early on that these folks are hungry, right? Um, John drops this dope line in between, like um, one of his like the, the big fight that he has with the scraps, where he says you're gonna regret this for the rest of your life, both seconds of it. Um, I right. mean, the fight runs much longer than two seconds, but it's still a dope line. No, I'll let's like I'll let's yeah. right. Um, no, so what what did he notice first? What was it he noticed? Uh, like a, a something come out of the store? What it was like yeah, a, a periscope? Yeah, well, I forget what it was. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. yeah. right. Yeah, it, it was something that came out. Well, sorry, um, in the in the grass itself, like 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 right, 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 right. 
compartment or whatever, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, and not surprising, you know, given the character of Lenina. Yeah, I mean, she she's excited and turned on by by John and how he was moving there. And I mean, you you, you saw it like just the moment he came in dressed in the SCPD outfit, right? Yeah, she was she right. was crushing mm-hmm. him. She was crushing him. Right, right, right. Hard, right. right? So yeah, it, it it took you know um. Her in a cocktail dress and seeing John, you know, beat the shit out of some scraps, basically. Um, yeah, just to, just to get the little juices fluid, right? So she invites her, she invites him, sorry, over to her crib. And I like how, you know, as I said, Tracy mm-hmm. is designed to look like the archetypal 20th century apartment, right? And, mm-hmm. you know, we get one of the most memorable moments in the film for me and a lot of people where, uh, well, I like how it starts off, right? Well, you know, because she likes to, like, she just loves to over-explain shit, right? Yeah, she just expresses her oh desire God. to like have sex, and it's just how she's just right. talking about like you know, you know, like I, I, I just have these feelings, and blah blah blah, and I just love how John responds like, "Would you here now? Right. Oh yeah, right. <laughs> I just love that. No, like that. he he has this. He has this delayed reaction where, like, again, it's it's like the Taco Bell thing. He has, he, he kind of needs a moment to process what he's hearing. Yes, <laughs> right. like, yes. And um, I I I I, I, I mean, talk about like seeing the future ahead, right? See, Lenina shows up with like these like proto VR headsets. Also, right. points for oh playing the love boat to the background because yeah, this is Ryan right. Gag about playing right. old songs and commercials, right? So yeah, yeah they play the team TV for, shows, yeah, yeah. yeah. And TV shows, yeah, TV shows, right? So you play, they hear yeah. the teams out to, to love boat. That was smart, right? Um, and the process really itself is called um, Vir Six or VIR Six or whatever it is, right? Right. And like, yeah, I mean, it's it's weird and trippy, right? But the explanation makes a lot of sense though. In the San Ange- um in the world of San Angeles, right? Where it's like, yeah, I mean, no venereal disease, and we don't have to worry about unexpected pregnancies. So yeah, we have the um vir sex, right? That's, oh, that's what it's called. Right. I, I like and that. I like that. This, no, this play this play really well at the time because this was at the tail end of the AIDS crisis. So yes. when the film came out, so they they play with that conceit because like, well. Not only is AIDS, but AIDS is it even we have like about ten other diseases after this that worse than AIDS, <laughs> like by far worse. Yeah. So you know nobody should touch anybody. And again, it also plays extra, <laughs> extra, extra um, it also plays extra thing because we're in a post COVID age, you know, that kind of stuff where yeah, there are only for people who still, you know, look, you know, that is being serious, you know, COVID is still a problem for most people. And mm-hmm. you have to be careful careful about that. So you can understand why the vis the, the, mm. the virtual the virtual reality stuff. And again, it's the nineties, virtual reality was everywhere. Right, you know, yeah, there two things people, people try to bring it back. I don't, not sure if it'll work, but you know, yeah, we'll see. Casey no, Heist said there's two things in that scene to that same virtual reality thing that had me thinking one about a few years ago. I'm trying to remember, I think it might have been Durex who came out with this thing for long distance couples where right. you are in oh, one part of the world yeah. and then well, yeah, the world and you can still. That's, so that's, 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 that's an thing. absolute thing. Yeah. That's so thing, yeah. When, I, when I remember, when I saw that that whole VR virtual reality sex scene thing, that is the thing that crossed my mind. Yeah, exactly. But also, when she started to give the explanation and all the other stuff that was going on, there's a bit in there where she talks about abortion is legal, and you and, so, and pregnancy is also illegal without a license. Right. And when I right. think well, about she's, where she we says, are, what she says, and it at, actually makes her. Well, she was talking about it, and it actually, like, the the way she said it was really funny, because what she said was, like, she said, 
she was listing all these things that are illegal. And she said, well, so is abortion. But since you can't get pregnant without a license anyway, it doesn't really matter. And it was like, right. oh, my God. Yeah, yeah. You know, so slowly but surely, the, 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 the icebergs are the... Yeah, you start to see the iceberg of, of this world side, like, subpoena. Because, again, the average person wouldn't know. Oh, yeah. and, they, and by design, they can't know. Like, it's just this, this you know, right? They get to yeah. see how this topic everything is, though. Like, oh, that's good world building. Sorry. That's why the movie works for me. So, yeah, right afterwards, you know, well, well John goes to, well, you know, his apartment. Because, you know, um, Lenina hook him up, right? Um, and, you know, that's where we get the moment where he put on the, the um, oh, gosh, um, uh, yeah, well, that's basically put on the screen to, to check the security yeah. this thing, and that's where he saw the new woman who I think it was like a missed call or something <laughs> like that. That no, was no, 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 a nice right, little bit. Right. I like that, right? Yeah, yeah, um, right, right. And I kind of a blink and you're about... your missing moment where he just starts like um like knitting. I guess what do say that we right. see the yeah, like right. I, 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 all right, yes. why is he doing this? Right. But like that so in the following right. scene the, in the morning after he's like, Oh, I, I now know how to do I, I know now right. how to knit That's and all right. that. And just touching on this <laughs> casting again, I like that you're playing it on, you know, it's the tough action hero, but I'm doing right. something that's Feminine right. in quotes, you know, right. like knit, knit, right. uh, like right. I love that. I love that. that that's well, nice. I was, well, speak, no, speaking about the comedy of this bit, I just love, I like, obviously, Wesley Snipes, phenomenal, uh, Sylvester Stallone, phenomenal, everyone else in the cast, phenomenal. But given that she hadn't had any of her biggest hits yet, can we talk about just how phenomenal Sandra Bullock is in this movie? Yeah. Her mm-hmm. comic timing and her yeah. performances are just spot on, like yeah. spot on. And she didn't really have much, and I was just checking, like, Speed, which you know, cemented her as like you know for action films, and then How You Were Sleeping, which started her rom com journey, both came after this movie. So this was like her big discovery, and she's got and like what I love about the sex scene in particular is that it ends with and I made a note of the quote, which was like, "You are a savage creature, John Spartan, and I wish right. you to leave my domicile now." And then she does a little she does a little foot stomp, yeah, when she points yeah. and like points with her whole arm. Yes, yeah. you know, <laughs> sells that bit so funny. Yeah, she she was great to that. She was great to that. Yeah, so, um, oh, right, God. so on the morning of when he's talking about he can knit and whatnot, yeah, they decide to, to give Raymond a visit because, yeah, they re- realize that Raymond's up to no good, right? Um, yes. And basically, it's, well, Re- Raymond isn't even in, well, that, that same room that we saw earlier on with those, you know, monolith screens or whatever it is, right? Um, but there's a great moment where you see Raymond, like, on all these screens, right? And he's talking to, to John, right? And, you know, John being John, you know, he fires at a majority of them. <laughs> I think he leaves, like, two of them um, untouched, right? But there's one that the camera zooms in. And it's one of those moments that, like, I, I had to rewind. I was like, holy shit, they actually do this? So Raymond is talking down to um to, to, to John, right? And speaking of that, just right. on, a, on a side note, right? Um, I know for some people, they might not like the whole... Oh, why are you calling, you know, um, John a caveman and Crow Magnon? Like, you know, how much prehistoric terms you could use to describe this man, right? But I just love, right. like, just from the so- from just the societal view of the film itself, yeah, you could, um, how these these people who feel they, they're better than everybody could look at somebody like John and, yeah. oh, look at you, you relic from the past, you caveman, look at you, you, you know what I mean? But that's Rima right. just doing it again, right. like, just berating him, right? And then you just see off screen, just a gun that shows up at his arm, um, at his, as said. Mm-hmm. And it just cuts to Raymond at his actual office and John with the gun at his head. I was like, wow, that is that is brilliant direction. That is brilliant editing. I love that. that that's so yep. great, right? Um, 
as you guys mentioned earlier with that whole dispenser thing so even in an intense scene like that yes john is cursing up a storm and he just saying oh you know he's been fine blah blah blah, blah right but i just love how raymond <laughs> just pretty much chases, chases him out of the office and says be well before he says that he pretty much orders um uh, lenina to take john back to to scpd well sorry to, to the cryo place and and um and yeah. you know freeze him back again so yeah you know raymond tell orders him out to the office and said be well and john says be fucked and shoots at the at the, at the <laughs> dispenser i love that that's like a great again another great mic drop moment um i don't know if you guys have anything to say about that that scene that scene in general um uh, that scene in general is perfectly fine so i like i didn't have an issue with it but the thing that that I was thinking about is the way how Kato, uh, or uh, however his name is pronounced, um, Doctor Kato did the oh, right. So the way how he was able to not have Simon shoot him, I was expecting him to do that to all the prisoners. So like the idea of even John mm. being able to um, to even level the gun at his at his at his head the way how it was. And even at the end when he fires it and the assistant assistant associate Bob falls down. Like I sat on that and studied, you know, it would have been made a little bit more like if I was the creator of that world, I would make sure that every prisoner, because you could never tell who will come out with a vendetta, so have that implanted in them that you can't harm the people at the top who actually right. build yeah, this system. Sense. Yeah. 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 Uh, and you work around for that is clever when, when Simon Phoenix does it, eh? which is funny. Yeah, when that comes up, like, oh, that's real hard. Wait, wait, which you going to get to, right? So um, John wisely does the one thing that the SAPD couldn't and didn't want to do. Yeah, go into the sewers to, to, to find Simon, right? Um, of course, right. Alfredo and Lenina mm-hmm. tag along, right? And much to my surprise, just looking back at the film, it's like an actual society living there now. Okay, yeah, it's thinking, a lot oh, of it's a, like a gang now. It's a small gang, but no, it's like a society, yeah. right? Again, yeah. very more look like, right? Um, yes. So, yeah, so at the same time, this was, what, 93, right? Yes. I uh, forget which episode this was. There's an episode of DS9 okay. that does a similar conceit where it's just, you know, basically it's the idea of the... And this was going on in the mid-90s, um, basically the idea of mm-hmm. in, in, in Los Angeles, yeah, the, these these districts that just used to pass up poor people in it mm-hmm. and isolate them. And it's effectively like open-air, you know, concentration uh, camp, more or less. Yeah. That's what it is. That's the social commentary. The, the, Again, the, it's not that far, not that far the, off from what's going on. Yeah, yeah go ahead. Bell riots. Right, the Bell Riot episode and write and take. But it, yes. there's a similar... But the thing is, the real shit was going on. Again, sci-fi writers and, and these guys not predicting the future, really. It's, we've seen shit now and then project it. That's all it is. Yeah. Uh, yes. And yeah, yeah. This was, so this was a whole thing about the whole gentrification. Poor people can't keep up. A whole bunch of people. And the system just, like, just, you know, collapsing on its own right now. And they make it really work in terms of this. Oh, yeah, everybody. Uh, simple rules of thumb, you know. It's a bunch of people speaking Spanish. Hmm. How come? Mm, uh, right, that. exactly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and so on and so, mm, yeah. so, on and so forth, right? right? And there's all these little things, right? Uh, and I say there are no calls down here, which is fun. Right, that's what I was going to bring up, right? Because <laughs> yeah. um, for me, I, I saw this I saw this as sort of like a blink and a miss, a time machine reference, right? Because, yeah, right. um, yeah, these people making burgers and shit, right? So uh, I love how they set up to it. You know, what's oh, that god awful smell? Oh, I was like, what's... Uh, John is like, oh, yeah, you know what I mean? It's a burger, right? So he pay for a burger, right? right? Um, and says, don't ask where the meat comes from. Do you see any cows around here? So at first, what I what I heard is like, oh, it's like Morlocks, right? Because remember, I think Morlocks... I, I think, were they cannibals in the original I story? Forget. I assume so because they used to go after the people on top and bring them down. I assume maybe they're not cannibals, but I, that's how I saw it, right? But actually, it's rat meat, right? Which is way better than human flesh, right? Uh, 
Yeah. So let's talk for a bit about Dennis Leary, right? You know, um, Edgar Friendly, right? Um, right. Now I'm not gonna call him one of the greatest actors of all time or greatest com- comedians of all time. But yeah, I thought he, that his he, monologue, he, his monologue was fantastic, Tread, right? So you know, he he was also in my humble opinion. Again, I get to look back at this because so I suppose at the time this would have been great, but he was one of the weaker links of the film to me. Because they, they try to frame him as this leader of the resistance thing, and yeah, but he he's not he not no leader. <laughs> exactly, leader, but yeah. he's just. He's just a stand-up comedian. That's what it was. And he just played himself, like, pretty right. much. Okay. <laughs> he, just doing his, he just doing a stand-up routine. And I think he's a funny comedian there. But, like, and I suppose, again, it's the early 90s. Stand-up comedy was huge. Like, of course, yeah. You know, right. huge. Like, mm. it was, you know, still pretty big. It had a lot of big stars. HBO was now blowing up to put out stand-up specials. So, yeah, Dennis Leary doing his bits. Yeah. It and worked in the film. It, it yeah. did. And, and for me, it's a great monologue. I guess it's not deep, 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 right? But I like the right. idea that... Hey, it's, it's just, very it's, every man. It's, it's, it's just it's just an every man American who just right. want these simple things in life. And right, yeah, I right. can worry about my health and oh, you can tell me I can't eat this, but no, I it's my choice. That's why I want to do is you know right, it's, right. It's, it's my freedom as an American, right? Oh, right. he just says it just right off the gate, like yeah, I want to do this, I want to do this, and just don't give a shit. I just want to do this, right? Right. But I can't do that when you're up when when I'm above ground, right? But it does bring up a little little nitpick for me, right? Where okay, like. Alright, so just because they can't do these things, that's why they're really forced to hide in the sewers. But then again, then again, when you think about it, Cocteau now is the guy who would tow a guy like Simon out of cryosleep to go after these guys and yes. pretty much kill them, right? So you can kind of yeah. understand why they're there. Because at first it's like a huge stretch, like, oh, well, if it's the simple stuff you want in life, then why are you living down here, though? Like, why are you going through all this drama? No, that's the whole point about Cocteau. He's just, he's just very paternalistic. You know, it's that, that world he believes yes. is perfect. Paternalistic. Yeah, again, is he, is he again, Huxley, right? You know, yeah. no surprise, right? Mm-hmm. As, as he brought up earlier. Yeah, yeah it's but, that but I think, it's I think that the reason of... why, why I brought it up too is because it's not like Cocteau has like this paramilitary who's going and hunting every rebel and killing them. It's not like that. No, it's just, no. oh, everything up here is clean, but I kind of yeah, want no, to get these not... people. I want to get rid of them, but you know, I, I yeah, don't no, want to tarnish so... the clean <laughs> image. No, that's what I'm saying. No, it's it's it's, as I say, it's the gentrification stuff. It's the slow wiping out of our, of our people and our culture and whatever it is now. Because, mm. yeah, they're too... They're not looking good. They're not looking thing. They, they might be... You know, the skin color might be a little too dark for you. And all these little aesthetic choices over time. And mm. he want to carry it on next level now. Um, you know, with his ultimate plan, blah, blah, blah. But, yeah, they, they make it work. Like, it, it's it's what the, what the, sub, what the sub, subtext is. As I say, he's basically OCP in, in one pulse, effectively. Yes. Like, and, and the, this, this whole... You know, you're making this perfect society. And yeah, it's a, it's a utopic nightmare, effectively. Then they make it work. Simple science fiction conceit, we see it many times, but they do it reasonably well here in, in the context of the world. Okay, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, go ahead. Yeah. Right. So, uh, meanwhile, um, Simon assembles a team of torn out criminals, right? Because Cocteau made right. that, that um, he made that hookup, right? Deal. Yeah. Um, right. Joker gets his henchmen. Yes, yes, yes. Right. And, and for some reason, they, they get women for them because, of course, you know, for the criminals, you have to have those, those, those women who stroke in their heads, right? I find, yes, I, I find that. Yeah, just because, right? And Simon is doing his rallying speech, and that's where you hear, you know, the kind of um, Batman Forever-esque music at that um, at that moment in particular. Like, I oh, noticed yeah. that. It's like, yeah, it has a kind of a, again, that kind of circus vibe to it, you know, in a sense, right? Um, speaking of, of, of Cocteau, right? Um, there's some there's some moments involving him at his own place, right? That is his home. That, um, where you see, like, this large fireplace, right? Where I couldn't help but be reminded mm-hmm. of Blade Runner, especially that scene where um, um, where Roy Batty, that oh, would be Rudolph Hoyer, confronts Tyrell, right? Right. 
and right, it's right, in right, a similar right. room and you're seeing like very similar yeah, yeah, yeah. you see the, the fireplace in the back and how everything is yeah. lit like that so it's kind of like that right where Copto is the creator of this monster because remember right. he pretty right. much in through the rehab program feed him all this Created, information yeah. on how to you know just basically be yeah. uh, 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 a a super terrorist yeah. right a super soldier yeah. and yeah, yeah I mean Simon is is subject right that's what it is right so like all right all right sure I, I see you I, I see the old blade yeah. reference say okay that's cool that's cool <laughs> um but yeah you know but just back to John right because John is still in the sewers right but yeah like for me I felt like John didn't really think his plan all the way through because yeah Simon is the same yeah. area that he is and surprise right. surprise Simon spots him and friendly and he just start blasting them right um simon escapes Ooh, one <laughs> yes yes um simon escapes um and this is great bit I, I, it's, it's kind of on the nose but i like it right where um earlier on john and Nina notices 1970 oldsmobile right and there was like this elevator shaft there right right right, I, right i felt the show kind of like yeah. shown that instead of like doing the doing the action scene or whatever but yeah so he activated the elevator shaft to to leave the sewers uh, like it's literally right underneath this Oldsmobile dealership, so the elevator just bursts <laughs> right from the floor. I'm like, wow, boy! I love the news, yeah. but I get it. I, I get what you see, right? And yeah, in the elevator, they the have news. the car, and then well, yeah, of course that gives John an excuse, yeah, just to drive through the dealership and go uh, after yeah. John, right? Uh, so, uh, yeah. we'll ask her, right? Yeah, go yeah. go classic nineties. Yeah, there's, I mean, a, there's I mean, a bit I of it around. I was just studying, there's a bit in it, I think that might have been just before, or sometime before, where Simon was inside the trial area, and he's looking at the people, the list of criminals that they have there, and he says, because I wrote it down, Jeffrey, Jeffrey Dahmer is here too? Yeah, that guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, my God. That, that, that's yeah, near yeah. the end of the film, yeah, yeah. Which we'll get right. to, yeah. right? Um, it's like, oh my God, man. Yeah, but yeah, you know, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, we get this pretty sweet car chase between you know, um, yeah. John and Simon. The, 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 the future car is a great design, eh? Um, yeah, um, I, that, yeah, that yeah. Also, yeah. Um, this, this police car because yeah, 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 yeah. Um, Simon steals it. Is it Tesla? Is it Tesla esque? Oh. It looks like a Tesla. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm saying Q Tesla. Yeah, I'm sure it isn't, but. Right. Yeah, like like pre-Tesla. I, I got it right. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, it's mm-hmm. it's it's action film, right? So yeah, Simon in in villain trope. They you know is a villain trope. Have to reveal that you know you know the twenty hostages from ninety six yeah. were actually dead before John even arrived. Right. You know, it's it's that. Ha ha ha! I'm gonna beat you. And oh, by the way, ha ha ha! You know what I mean? So yeah, John then cause him deaths, right? Um, Simon is thrown out of the car. I a great bit. You know, John escapes death because the car itself is activated and you know to crash into SCPD headquarters. But thankfully, Simon, yeah. sorry, John, you know, is alive, right? Um, and that's back to Cocteau for the last time, right? Because yeah, Simon goes back to Cocteau's crib, right? I love that, you know, just because, you know, because he can't kill Cocteau. I like there's a moment where he tries to do it, and he's like, right. and he's like, ah, god damn it, right? Yeah, he just right. get one goes to do it, just two yeah, shots. Exactly. I like, yeah. Brilliant. I love it. Just don't waste no time for the movie almost done. Yeah, just three shots. Boom. That's it, right? Um, yeah. it's, I it's, it's great. It's good. Good. No, it ducks it ducks the trope that I normally hate in action movies where you have the like much more physically intimidating bad guy that spends most of the movie fighting the good guy and then towards the end they get taken out pretty early and so the the quote-unquote final boss is the like not as cool right. secondary villain but yeah. like thankfully like 
so thankfully they 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 flipped that in a great way. And so like yeah. I would have been, I think I would have definitely knocked the movie down a couple points if like final boss round. Yeah, well, been, boss cop too. Um, yeah, like like right, you don't right. yeah, have to been do cocked, it. I was like, no. like like you don't have to do the Robocop <laughs> thing where it's the corporate guy who who dies in the end. You don't need to do that. Right, nah, man. Nah, but man. is it, it, it it's very similar to Robocop? There's the subvert Robocop with the whole not shooting thing. Same idea. Yeah, yeah. you know, they come out, yes. come out mm-hmm. work around. Uh, similar idea. Yeah, yeah, that's it. Right, so yeah, at the, at the same no, time, I, yeah. go on, go on, go on, Tracy. No, I, because I, I was watching it and I, I was thinking that maybe he was going to do some kind of random surgery or something to kind of take whatever chip out of right. his brain. Right. But the idea of him just turning to, you know, the friend, the henchman, and be like, just kill this bastard. Yeah, it's, it's a low tech, it's a low tech solution. Yeah. It's a simple yes. low tech solution. That's fun. Mm. Yeah. It's funny. It, it is. is. It funny. is. It is funny in a dark way, but it absolutely works, right? Yeah. Um, at the same time, John and Lenina and the scraps. Yeah, the scraps decide to team up with them. Um, yeah, go go after Simon and in particular Cocteau as well. And yeah, for some reason, Alfredo joined the group because reasons. That, right, that, that's right. kind of weird to me, yeah, but no, whatever, right? But yeah, like, um, he found his true calling. Yeah, right. It's another comedy bit. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, it's just so sudden. That, that, that's more one gripe. It's a little too sudden, but whatever, right? Yeah, and you know, of course, you get an action sequence in the building itself. Um, Lenina gets to kick some ass. In one moment, she kicks a guy like three times in the balls. I'm like, oof, god damn, right? Um, right. And she also shoots a guy. I love her, her, her reaction to it as well. It's like, oh, wow, right. that's how it feels to shoot a guy, right? I love that, right? Yeah. Um, and there's a nice little bit where John asks her, yeah, where you learn moves like that? I just say, Jackie Chan movies. It's like, ah, right. nice shot. I like that, right? Yes. Yeah. I like that. Again yeah. with this world. Yeah. Yeah. And and I feel sorry for the people back in '93 who did not know who Jackie Chan was, you know, because yep. I know that he did work well, in the '80s, like mean. he was in an American film called The Protector, and he was dissatisfied with that with that film, right? But it's only like in '95 now where he really like restarted that whole American run with um right. with with Rumble in the Bronx, right? But I assume right. back then people saw Super Cop, as in you know Police Stories Three. I assume people saw mm. it then, and I guess that's the reference that they make there with this film. I'm assuming, right? Anywho, so um, John and Lenina uncover Simon's master plan, which is pretty much defrost all the other criminals, 80 right. to be exact, right. including right. Jeffrey Dahmer, and yeah, pretty much overthrow yeah. San Angeles. That makes a lot of sense, right? Um, right, simple plot. Simple plot, it makes, it makes sense, right? Plot. Yeah. yeah. Um, but that, I like is that. The, um, that is the watch your whole world burn kind of part of it, you know, this, exactly. this town deserves a better class of criminal. Yes, right. Right. yes, yes, yes. Yeah. And, you know, smart call with John because, yeah, because of how inexperienced, um, admittedly, uh, Lenina is in the field. Yeah, John knocks Lenina out with the with the glow right. st- um, stick thing, right? Yeah, he does that, right? Yeah. The glow rod, sorry, right? Um, mm-hmm. uh, we, we, so I'm not going to go into full details about the final confrontation between John and Simon. But it is so Oof. delightfully over the top. It it just perfectly sums up for me it's why the nineties so... were the best decade for action cinema, boy. There's explosions, there's sparks, there's smoke machines, mm-hmm. there's bullets, there's punches, there's kicks. And of course They do this it's a, it's a final fight scene. It's a final fight scene with mm. several like sub stories and moments within it in a way yes. that makes it really engaging right. like i feel like a lot of final fights will just be like one extended scene but they're like no first this part happens then that ends and then we switch to this and we switch to that and then like then my favorite part is we get to the final very end where simon like you know they're fighting and then simon gets 
as I said earlier, he gets tired of toying with him or like, you know, Spartan gets in a few hits too many. Like, oh, okay, now we're actually going. And then they get like real up close and personal. Like they don't have guns. They don't have any of the fancy tech. And they're just up close and personal and at their most nasty. And that part is so brutal. Like that part is so brutal. I I, I wish I saw this film back in 93. I would have like lost my shit when I saw the scene for the first time. Because I just how over the top it is, right? But is how they yes. reference the first action sequence, right? Because if you remember, um, uh, Simon had a blowtorch, right? And he had kerosene right. on the floor. Well, gasoline mm-hmm. on the floor, sorry. Yeah. So in this case, though, it's, you know, the whole cryo stuff on the floor or whatnot, right? And um, John, you know, has this this broken, you know, piece. Well, this um, canister, if you will. I, I think that's what it is, right? And yeah, he hits the floor and it freezes Simon. Yeah. And yeah. John swings and kicks Simon's head off and you remember from the beginning yeah. where they said about you know the head being attached and i'm like wow boy wow yeah. and then well john once again runs up before the place explodes but uh, in this case it's not the entire building that's go down it's just the, the cryo prison so yeah technically all the, cri- the criminals inside there are dead and we don't care yeah. because it's a it's a just rip, a glorious rip explosion. To them. <laughs> However, all of them are dead. <laughs> Jeffrey Dahmer is dead, or is he? I don't right. know. Maybe we'll get a sequel and he's alive. I don't know. Whatever. Oh god. I oh, god. would hate a leg. I would I would hate a legacy sequel to this so much. Yeah, 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 yeah. See, you should direct it. Make, yeah. Like, like. <laughs> I would trust it to someone like James Gunn. If it had to be made, I could see that. But like, uh, yeah, I'll make it sure. <laughs> yeah, but but you guys have any anything else to win on just how glorious you over the top that action sequence is? The final one. Yes, yeah, it's, it's classic ninety shit, but it make it work totally hard, like really really well done and funny. It is, yeah, yeah. It is, it is funny at the same time. Just how, yeah. just how grandiose it is, right? It it totally works, right? So yeah, as as the show wraps up, you know, while well, the cops and the scraps they work out a compromise, um, and you know, Earl yeah. warms up to John. It's like, hey, you know, you were the guy who, well, pretty much he finds out that, um, he, well, John did stop the guy, as in Simon, who killed Cocteau. It's like, all right, cool. And even Associate Bob offers his services to to help friendly clean up his well image, right? <laughs> I like that. Associate right. Bob is a classic politician. Yeah, yeah. right. So, so I think, I think so yeah, last last kind of point. I think if I remember correctly, they had some stuff with his daughter that they think they cut. I can't remember. Oh well, because well, uh, oh, really? they mentioned that that John had a daughter. Um, no, right. what happened is that when John was about when he was asked about his daughter, Earl comes and say, "Oh well, you know, as much as we want to have this family reunion, you know, what I mean, uh, we 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 taught we taught you out for a reason." So he actually cuts the conversation right. short, right? But yeah, right. I felt that we could have a, gotten a little bit more of the daughter. I, like think, a yeah, I think that was a, I think that was either a cut scene in the script or something, like that. Because for years, a lot of people oh. theor- like a lot of fans theorized that that Huxley was his daughter, and it's like no, that though, the timeline don't add up there. That was just just to touch on that briefly. I thought we would have had a bit kind of similar to um uh oh gosh, what's the show? The Rock. Where yeah, you know, right. in between the action, you know, our hero kind of stopped to, to find the child, right? You know, I thought we'd have gotten that. Right. But my assumption is that she died in the in the earthquake of twenty ten. That's my assumption, along with her with her mother. That's mm. that's my I'm, assumption. I, no right. So I, I remember curious. I saw I, I, I read something somewhere that she's still alive, but the mother died, but she's still alive mm-hmm. somewhere. Oh. But I don't. She, but she's not living well, in do, San, San Angeles. Yeah. Yeah, I was about to say they do set it up like the whole bit where like he right. has them. I had a wife. She's she did. She died in in the big one, and he's like right. my daughter. Like that's in action movies. That setup. That setup. Like 
Yeah, that is absolute. And I am and curious a, what the original scene is. There's a scene in the car with with, with uh, uh, Huxley where um, she says it's a minor it's a minor um, police infraction, but I can I can do like she was going to do a search and he stopped her because right. they were heading yes. to right. Okay, no, to, right, so to, quick, you know, to, to increase yeah. Right. So quick correction. Mm-hmm. I think she was supposed to be a scrap, uh, but they cut that. But 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 the problem with that now is one, how old will she be? And I have a feeling that she probably would have replaced Edgar Friendly or she would have been to him or something. But the idea the idea I think the idea was that she was either in a relationship with Edgar Friendly or like her Mm. his right hand man kind of thing. Like working in the resistance. Something like that, if I remember correctly. And right. Right. Yeah, but but it shows, yeah. credit. And, and it shows was, credit. It probably would have stopped the film clear in, in, in its tracks. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Right. I agree with that. Yeah. Like, like the film is a pretty good pacing the way it's made. Like the exactly. way it's cut right. and the with with what scenes they kept in, it keeps a pretty relentless pace going, and it's pretty good. Like right. I mean, I do think the film has its quiet moments. I love the little scene where like John's just walking around his apartment by himself and just like something about that scene and how quiet it is i really appreciate but like you need a lot more than just like two scenes to make that actually feel like a satisfying payoff like right. that, that, you, you need a lot more material than what than honestly than there would have like been otherwise or completely rewrite the huxley plot and make it like a revelation thing but then you'd have to cut the sex parts out right but, like, yeah, uh, jokes out yeah yeah agreed yeah yeah and uh, well, you know, last thing, last of course, the, the the hero gets a girl in the end. You know, he, he kisses her and she kisses him. Always. And yeah, all all is right and in the sting. world, man. And and that's where uh, that's where our story ends, right? So in closing, just just final thoughts on the film. Um, this was a blast recapping this, though. You know, it's one of those things that you just hear for years about how clever and um, clever it is. And yes, it is, right? It's not as intelligent as see. Um, Blade Runner, and it's not as brutally satiric as. Uh, robe cup right no they didn't need to be right um right. and i say this too because you know a lot of people might go into this recapping this and be like oh my god this was so ahead of its time and blah 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 and it is right but it's not like you know the, the the most intelligent sci-fi movie out there right like again you're not gonna get bleed no, 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 with no. this right um it, it knows what it is and it sticks mm-hmm. it right um but really what makes it work though is is just the three leads themselves um you know with with wesley sipes you know taking the mvp award here because yeah he kills it as simon phoenix so right and, and you know not just with the action scenes but he sells the comedy he sells the well even though they don't play into it too much but they could still buy into him being this psychopath right you know but he's yeah. not like oh my god i should be scared of him even though just like slight little spo- um nitpick. Yeah, they do sell they do they do kinda hammer the point that oh he's so evil and psychotic. And then when you see him like, yeah, he kills some guys and he kicks some guys in the ass, but he's not he's not that bad. I mean he's not that bad. Well, like that, right? Well he's he's pretty bad. I mean, no, no, I mean he, he he's bad. He's, he's not he, terrifying. He take, out, he take out a man he take out a man eye with a pen. I mean it's yeah, but what, what, what I mean, yeah. like, it, it's not like, oh my god, I should be scared of him every time I see right. him on screen, right? Right. And that just is, um, that's thanks to just the 
charisma um, that, that, that Wesley has, man. I mean, he just kills. Easily one of the best performances he's ever done. Even though for me, yeah. his, his best performance for me will always be Nino Brown from New Jack City, but that's just me, of right? Um, right? Stallone, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I like that he, you know, he's doing something a little bit different from what, you know, he's typecast as, right? I mean, yes, he is the bully, tough badass, but I like the whole fish out of water scene, you know, moments with him. And yes, you know, he, he doesn't play the street man all that well though, but you know, he plays within his, within his strengths. He's quite believable as, you know what, I, I, I just, like, I'm a cop. I do this, right? But you guys are telling me, y'all don't do this and y'all don't know what a 187 is and what's going on here and all that kind of stuff. So I like that, you know, he, he you know, you do buy into his reactions to the scene, all this weird shit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, Sandra Bullock kills it as well too. I just love her naivety yes. in this and this how wide-eyed mm-hmm. she is to like, you know, all this stuff, well, the stuff in the past and how fascinated she is by the 20th century and all that kind of stuff. And that's when she's just throwing all these like, oh, this is what we do here and all that kind of stuff. It's so funny, but it works, right? Um, the story itself is very well told though. Um, again, you know, it's not like some, you know, well, like, you know, like some perfectly written sci-fi or anything like that right but it gives you the goods right i, I love how they flesh on the wheel of this it's believable in a sense it's logical in a sense even though it's kind of absurd at the same time and you know the references to stuff like taco bell and you know the well the three seashells all that kind of stuff absolutely work as well right um the action sequences are great as well just so over the top and for me it just reminded me of just why we just enjoyed action films in the 90s especially sci-fi action films as well right but yeah the, the comedy also works as well too because yeah you really should look at it as an you know an, as an action comedy as well even though the the, the two yes. prominent genres will be sci-fi and action but yeah, there's, a, there's a comedic element in this as well that, that absolutely works as well right massive comedic yeah Mm-hmm. And overall, I would say, yeah, this is probably one of the most enjoyable um, action films to come out of the 90s, right? It is a product of its time, yes. I, I will admit that, right? Yes. But it's just so fun rewatching it. it, it again, it just took took me back mm-hmm. to the glory days of just 90s action cinema. Just, you know, where every year you could look forward to at least one Schwarzenegger or one Stallone mm-hmm. or one, one Bruce Willis movie. And yeah, one Stagall movie and one Van that movie right so yeah it, 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 it was it was oh it was 90s action cinema at its peak though and you know you could it, it's just amazing seeing where this film fits right and you know just looking at its evolution up until 1999 when the matrix which is ricardo's pick for best action film of all time you know and how that changed things you know leading forward right but yeah for me hmm. i i still i i have this here as a guilty pleasure movie i could just watch this with a dumb grand dumb smile on my face with all the references yeah. like with the pre- um, Schwarzenegger presidential library and um, library and just be like yep this is the 90s I love this stuff right so yeah for me rating wise as a guilty pleasure movie strong 4 out of 5 um, happy 30th anniversary be well and I could see this movie you know holding up um, 10 years from now man so yeah uh, Ricardo oh, your yeah, final total rating yeah, exactly. Ten years from now, when the actual film happened, because yeah. it was 2032. Exactly. Oh Lord, yes. yeah, that's gonna be an event. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, uh, <laughs> I, I, no, I, 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 thoroughly, I thoroughly love this film. Uh, it's a movie that, that you know, again, I don't think it's as 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 sharp as as RoboCop or anything like that, or, or even any other other Verhoeven's or anything like that. But it's up there, and it's a sub- shockingly smarter script than I, I remember giving it credit for. Uh, it, it just appreciate all little jokes, references. They they make it work, and everything comes together. As I said, it have a couple weak links, mostly Stallone. Um, and yeah, you, you kind of saw this with with his um Judge Dredd, you know, which was kind of a mess. 
but he he uh well, but well, he, sorry he to cut much... you there, Ricardo, right? But I couldn't help but notice the Judge Dread kind of pre-Judge Dread vibe, like case in well, point, the, yeah. the, the, the costumes, the SAP, the costumes yeah. look kind of Judge no, Dreddish. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like, they scrap um, themselves and where they are kind of Judge Dreddish. Right. Yeah, and then, um, yeah. of course, and, and Rob Schneider. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. yeah. I am the law. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, And then, uh, well, yeah, and then, yeah, it, I just appreciate it uh, for what it is. Like, it, it is a genuinely, like, to me, funny and charming movie. Could it have been punched up a little bit? Yeah, a little bit, you know, you could have done a couple of little tweaks here or there for the most part. But I find, you know, all things considered, set design and, and production and, and everything just kind of flows and comes together reasonably well. And yeah, it's a movie that I remember enjoying back then and I, I enjoy it more now because of all of the futurisms that they, 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 they make. They make interesting calls that, that turns out su- surprisingly prophetic, right? Um, or prescient for the most part. Uh, and they make it work. Uh, yeah, love this movie. Uh, enjoy it. Written, I'd probably give it like a, a low 8 out of 10, probably closer to a 7, you know. But yeah, it's a movie that, again, because everything comes together so well for, for action sequence, it, it action comedy, sci-fi action comedy, it, it everything piece together. Yeah, but 8, mm-hmm. but probably within the 7 range, probably, like around 8, yeah, low 8, like, you know, around that. All right, fair enough. Uh, Tracy, your, your final thoughts, and then, of course, we have to end with, with Cece, because I just love to end things with Cece, right? So, yeah, Tracy, you yeah. love to end Rita. things with Cece. Yes, because you love these films more than we do. Like, you know, like, we just looking back like, wow, like, okay, wow, this you. was so ahead of its time, but you're like, oh my I, God, I, this is so amazing. That's what rambled a bit. <laughs> and and they, ramble, they ramble a bit, that's why. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, Tracy, your final thoughts on Rita. Uh, well, let's 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 talk about this. Um, the one thing I I don't think I really needed at all was at the end when he does get the girl and the flames and everything. There is Demolition Man by Sting. Well, that's that the song that plays. Song oh, okay. That ends it. And I I remember listening to it. This is not Bond. Um, you know, it's not that kind of. It's not. It's it's not Bond. I don't necessarily. And Sting. I mean, you get a character. You get a, a musician like Sting. For me, this movie gets a, a solid B. Uh, mm. B for me. Uh, I would even say A minus because I was, I was legitimately smiling all the yeah. way through this movie. I felt really good watching this movie, and I did that thing where I sat down afterwards, watching the credits to see. Um, because you know, when you're in the credits, you get to see people whose careers may have grown or whatever it is like that. And I just sat down there, yes. kind of casually watching through the credits, and there it was first assistant director, Louis D. Esposito, who, I mean, in terms of the Marvel Big Three, every time you see executively produced by, it's Kevin Feige, Victoria Alonso, and, Vic- and Louis, Louis D. Esposito, or Luis um, D. Esposito. So the idea of him being the, you know, first assistant director for Demolition Man, I was like, oh my God, this is just, this, this just great. Uh, for me, again, coming back to what I was saying at the beginning, this is, this is Batman and Joker. This is Batman Beyond Return of the Joker. Uh, the hypnotic suggestions and everything like that, I remember thinking this has a little flair of Manchurian in it. I liked that as a construct i like seeing the two of them paired together i feel like for me because everybody was so uh comedic and over the top even if we even if we looked at stallone as not necessarily being uh comedic i feel like his straight face um adds a whole lot of dimension to it and i and i, and I enjoyed it a great deal i love this movie um will i watch it again anytime soon more than likely i have a 
whole uh, a whole thing played up there with like '90s movies. So that's gonna go inside there, and I'm gonna go back to it at any given point in time. I think it was a movie that again showed the versatility of the '90s. Because while we were there sitting down talking, I did this thing where I just checked out movies that came out in 1993, and that was the same year that we got The Fugitive, Sleepless in Seattle, The Firm, and Free Willy, and Philadelphia. Well, yeah, right that's there, you true. See, mm-hmm. you, you know, that, that list of films that you're seeing there, and again, we want to go back to the idea of original filmmaking, as opposed to just grind, grinding every IP that's there. Uh, yes. That worked for me. So I, I, um, I am 100% on board with Demolition Man. Um, you know, uh, Benjamin brought Cousin at the end because he found his people and he's like, you know, able to use his free speech is hilarious. Mm. So that adds something to it. But for me, yeah, uh, 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 a B or an A minus, love this movie. It was good sitting down and watching it again. Nice. And CC, close things off. Oh boy. Yes. It's it's funny because I think I'm the only dissenting opinion because I don't like 90s action normally. I, 90s action for me, especially kind of like – this is earlier 90s, but like late 90s in particular as we're getting into the 2000s kind of has a problem with any human drama gets kind of lost within the bombast and the spectacle a little bit. And it's it's become so over the top that like any sense of humanity, any sense of character kind of gets drowned out a little bit by just the sheer excess of everything going on. But for some reason, this movie is the exception to that for me. Like for some reason, as as I think it's because for me the excesses all like first of all, the the drama is never the drama is never lost because the drama that there is, mainly Simon Phoenix versus John Spartan, is played up so theatrically and so over the top, it matches how over the top everything else is. It's a similar trick to what John Woo does with his American films where you know the action is big and bombastic, but the drama is also big and bombastic and everything like that. Um, learning that this is written by one of my f- – one that the guy, the guy who wrote one of my other favorite comedies, just kind of adds to it all. Makes it oh, it's like oh, okay, that makes complete sense because this film does have Heather's penchant for smart writing, um, larger than life characters, almost caricatures, but still moments of this. There's the genuine moments of empathy that kind of surprise you, and the same thing I mentioned earlier of being self-aware. And I think this film succeeds where a film like maybe Last Action Hero came out the same year kind of struggles a little bit more. Um, it succeeds at being a self-aware action movie because it under because it plays it plays everything so over the top, and that's where the comedy comes in. It's not referencing the tropes; it's playing the tropes to these over the top ways. It's so and like there's new things I laugh at every time I watch it. There's things there's things that I just realized that it just clicked with me were really funny even like talking here and hearing what everyone else was laughing to. I was like, oh yeah, that bit was really funny. I think like the premise is obviously if you're looking for like you know smart sci-fi or whatever, there's in more intelligent sci-fi, but I think it's just it's I think what makes this work is that it's smarter than it has any right to be. I think is is the thing for me that I appreciate the most. It's smarter than it has than a lot of other like kind of sci-fi action films at the time. Like if you think about something like Universal Soldier, which I compared it to earlier, a movie I do like, and that for me is like a eight or seven out of ten. But it's also a movie where you think about the science or the sci-fi too much. It's like um, okay, sure, it, it it works until it doesn't. But then a movie like this, 
works a lot better than it has any right to. Like there's so many – there's so much that's clever about the world. There's so much that's clever about the way the world is written. It's just clever enough to carry all the action. But again, the action itself only works because the characters and the drama and the comedy work so well. This is one of my all-time favorite action movies. Like it's – easily one of my favorite like action comedies but it is up there for me as far as my favorite action movies of all time because it is effortlessly revisitable and rather than just the kind of pure action that i do prefer when i prefer action like you know someone like john woo again it has enough of the action comedy and the sci-fi and just how weird it is it goes back to tracy's point about the about how this was one of the last decades where we actually had a truly diverse box office and you could have a wide variety of films playing at the same time and they weren't considered like competition to each other and like it's it's really weird this is a weird movie it's a movie that's dropping references to classic sci-fi literature and movies it's a movie that creates a very strange almost alienating movie but the protagonist but the character we're supposed to fit in with is himself not like a character that's like the most relatable all the time but we kind of understand the like deadpan fish out of water humor this is for me like depending on the day this is a 10 out of 10 some days it's mostly like okay i could see that as like a nine but like just off pure enjoyment just off like how much fun and how much mileage i get out of it and how influential it is on me personally when i write and when i create especially when i think about action and like kind of what i aim for this is an absolute masterpiece and a personal favorite like for me and definitely one of the best one of the best action films of the 90s nice 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 all right well thank you so much for for you know for being part of this celebration of you know of of demolition man and san angeles and the chicanery there and simon phoenix and john spartan right you know what i mean so yeah it, it, it was fun man it was fun it was fun and it was great recapping was that film and it was great talking to you guys about it right so yeah and yeah, that's pretty much about it. So once again, guys, good morning, good afternoon, good evening, good night, whenever you listen to this. This was Matthew Bailey, and be well, Ricardo Medina. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hello, hello. Right. Be well, CC. Uh, better get on those three seashells. <laughs> and of course, be well, Tracy. Ah, now I got the chance to tell you. Yeah, be well, Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> be well, Sir Bailey, and remember to enjoy your rap burgers. Yes. <laughs> and this has been another episode <laughs> of BBB Radio slash Retrospect Reviews. So until next one, take care. Stay safe in and out. Send a maniac to catch a maniac. Peace. <laughs>